everybody, and welcome to episode 53 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Alberton, and who are the peoples with me today? Uh, Wienerless Stefan JD. Uh, Stuart Hughes. Uh, Wienerless Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate you guys. It's okay. We hate, our, we hate ourselves. I decided to do my Raz Carsey cry. <laughs> Lily! Crap, in case someone who doesn't, who isn't part of the Overblood Super Replay group is very confused why we're making all these really dumb jokes. We will explain all that. <laughs> we will try. So, we will certainly uh, try. We'll explain some of it. First, I'll introduce the, the wonderful game I picked for us. This wasn't really something I wanted to play. This was just something I thought was us hitting our year anniversary. Because today, as we were recording, is a year ago, we all, well, three of us, sat down and recorded an episode of this podcast. Yep. Yep. So, thought for our one year anniversary, we would do Overblood, which is how we all met, which is a PS1 survival horror game. And I lost my tab. I had all my information. There we go. PS1 survival horror game that came out in 1997, developed by River Hill Soft, whoever the fuck they are, and published by Electronic Art. Yeah. In some degree. It's, it's a survival but, horror game. I mean, this is all going back 10 years because the, the Overblood community, which we all are a part of, was actually made 10 years ago when Game Informer did their first super replay, which was a let's play, a let's play. Yeah, of them doing a full game. And the full game they did was this game Overblood. Actually, no, I think it was their third. Their first was Link to the Past. because We talked about that in the Link to the Past episode with Cork. I don't think that was the first one. I think it was the first. I think Overblood was like the first big one. Uh, I'm probably just... the longest at the time. It was definitely my introduction to the game. Probably everyone's introduction to the game. <laughs> I think Overblood's the first one based on like their YouTube account because I think Link to the Past is only on uh their like their site on the Game Informer site. So uh, it's on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's on YouTube, but it's not on YouTube by Game Informer. Somebody re-uploaded oh. it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they did that. Yeah, I want to say Link to the Past was like their test, and then Overblood was the the. Well, uh, yep, you're right. So Overblood was number four. Link to the Past was one, Resident Evil two, and Super Mario Brothers three was three. Yeah. And then uh, (laughs) where did Tale of the Sun come into that mix? Was that five or was that? I thought that was before Overblood two. Six. Oh, six. Okay. Yeah. There's a wiki for this, people, if you're interested. (laughs) Yes, there is. I don't know who in Overblood made that, but... (laughs) It's actually pretty accurate. It's pretty. It's pretty filled out. Mm-hmm. So, so they did. Let's see. So, Overblood was twelve thirty-one of two thousand ten. So, yep, Jesus. ten years ago. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, also. I I got a funny thing. I've actually have never finished watching that entire replay. I got like maybe part four or so, and I just never bothered. <laughs> I joined the group anyway, so many years ago, and then all oh, of a sudden wow. that Facebook group, group became like a part. Somewhere I'm chatting in almost every single day. Yeah, weird. It turns out Mike's a liar. Yeah. He didn't watch the entire Overblood Super Replay. <laughs> yeah, I never did. I never will. <laughs> I like how, too, that group, like, the Overblood group on Facebook only exists because people were assholes. Because <laughs> the whole point is, uh, for those who don't know, for, like, ha- for a few audience members that don't uh, follow Game Informer. There's they a do, lot. Yeah, they're, well, for a good amount of our audience that don't follow Game Informer, they do Super Replays, yeah. which are, like, a full playthrough of a game, uncut everything that everything that they do from beginning to end is in there. I think they stopped doing them recently, but they still do replays, and it's they're very funny and they're very fun and they're very 
great because everybody who writes for Game Informer generally knows games and could do some uh, some nice videos on it. But yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I was kind of curious if maybe we should all like just go through how we got into Overblood. Like, sure. <laughs> Let's describe the Overblood group first, because I think that's a funny story mm-hmm. where originally they wanted to test to see like who they being Game Informer wanted to test to see who would watch like the entire series. And so they hid codes into all the all the episodes. Like if you email them all the codes, they were like they're gonna do something for everybody. And then a bunch of assholes just start posting all the codes in the comments. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't remember who it was. I have I I think I remember but I don't want to attribute it to anybody wrongly. Somebody started a Facebook group called I watched the entire Overblood Super Replay in like <laughs> as like a secondary form. That was like 10 years ago. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and now wow. there's what, like over 3,000 people in there. And it's, it's like the only reason I'm on Facebook now. <laughs> yeah. Some of the codes were just ridiculous too. Like Dan Reichert, who was an editor at Game Informer, would say, I want everyone to, the next code for this episode is PEEPO, but with eight O's, eight all O's. capital. Which definitely wasn't my password for a long time on my computer. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be oh. <laughs> That would be stupid of me to admit that live on air. That could actually be uh that could be a pin pad code too. Good. <laughs> uh, yes. My ATM card is not whatever PIPO is. <laughs> so how did everybody uh get I know how I got into Overblood. How did everybody else end up catching this this weird fever? Uh, well, my involvement was that when I, during the summer, when I was going to school, I had literally nothing to do like everyone else that was young and had nothing to do. And, uh, I would go to Game Informer's website and like, I gotta say they were pretty damn hard working because every 20 minutes you could refresh it and it would show a new article or two new articles. And it's like, good God, who is making all these articles? (laughs) And, uh... After after doing that all summer long, finally they they posted something called replay. I was like, ah, it's probably just a dumb let's play or whatever. I'm not gonna watch it. And then like by episode ten, I finally found the nerve to be like, all right, I'll check it out. And that's how I started watching replay. And then eventually Overblood. Okay, I'll go next. I have no memory of how I ended <laughs> up in the group exactly. I think at, I know at one time. My son would have been little 10 years ago, and I remember I was on my computer a lot, off and on, and I was just joining different, liking different things, joining random things on Facebook, back when Facebook was so freaking different, and I ended up in this group randomly, and I want to say it was years later when I really started interacting with them a lot more, and now I interact with the group a lot. It's really dumb that, uh, (laughs) it's really interesting and dumb that we all watch this, and now the three of us kind of, like, personally know several members from Game Informer. <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah, We had one on this podcast, on this very world. podcast. <laughs> it's great, but it's well, really stupid. <laughs> well, uh, I kind of stumbled into the group myself. I had a friend from high school who was in the group, and this was before it went private, so, like, a lot of his posts and stuff would pop up in my feed, and I was kind of interested, so I... I kind of ended up watching at least half of the super replay and then joining the group, but I made sure to watch the other half after. <laughs> <laughs> Never. I, I still remember some of the codes. I remember Wienerless Steve, Melly, Peepo with the Eidos. Uh, one was the other two were Cinnamon and 
Oh god, what was the last one? I know the, the overall one was Afterburner. I can't remember what the beginning of episode six was. Maybe that was Cinnamon. Cinnamon was definitely one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why was Cinnamon has nothing to do with this game? I remember very clearly when I got into when I first saw Overload because it was a very strange time in my life. So I'm gonna have to explain. Ten years ago, back in 2000, back in the old days of 2010, I very briefly, which I think this has come up before, very briefly did MLG tournaments for Left 4 Dead, which I'm not bragging. <laughs> I'm not bragging about that. I just I did it, and I was pretty good, and I had a team that was really tight knit, and so they <laughs> one of the like you know there wasn't really a uh, captain per se but like one of the quote-unquote captains uh, was talking to me one day and he was like oh hey have you seen uh game informers new thing and i i'm an average reader i've had like i have a lot of game informers i should have pulled out to see what the oldest one i have is i think it's like 2003 or something i still have a bunch of magazines but he was like hey you like uh game informer you should like check out this like super replay they're doing it's for this stupid game it's really weird i was like oh yeah i'll check it out and i think that was episode two when i jumped in and I was uh, one of those people that was like actively writing down and remembering the codes because I was like, oh, I might get my name in the magazine that I read every every week. <laughs> Super excited. <laughs> it jumped in and uh, everyone ruined it. And I was like, oh, that sucks. And someone was like, oh, there's a Facebook group. And so I joined the Facebook group. I actually I went back and checked. I think I joined the Facebook group when I joined. There were 150 people in it <laughs> at that uh, point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's when I was when I got in there somewhere in there. I I'm, go back and check. I'm, I'm early, too, but I can't remember when. <laughs> I know. I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm the 157th person in the group. Which there's, like I said, there's over 3,000 people in there now. So we all were like really early in the in the boat. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure what be... number. I... No, go ahead. I was just gonna say there used to be a lot of very obscure or arbitrary rules for the group. Like when the first thing I posted in Overblood, they took down. It was like, oh, what do you guys like better, Sega or NES? And they're like, no console wars, man. Delete. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but also the, the people that started that group are long gone. I want to say too, right? Mostly, yeah. There's, I, I mean, there are, some of them are still in it, but uh, I mean, I, like I said, it's been it, we've been in that group for like ten fucking years at this point. A lot of people have, a lot of people have moved on. There's still jokes about like some members who. Or like like one member in particular who was like, oh, I'm done with Facebook and social media. And everyone still talks about him like he's some fucking myth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Where'd he go? <laughs> and when you have like a weird... Like, I, I really love the group because it is this kind of tight-knit community that mm. has just existed together for, for 10 years. Like I know a lot of people are their best friends they found in that group. And it's one of those weird things where people are like, oh, the internet's ruining people. And I was like, I, I know a community online that I really enjoy being a part of. <laughs> It's a very good group, and I've I've learned. I mean, hell, I met you guys for that group, and that's how this whole. I was actually <laughs> inspired true. to start this podcast ten years ago, before I even knew what podcasts were. When I saw the replay video, I'm like, told myself, all right, I'm going to do something like this one day, and then I never did. And I started. Then that's when what became this idea in the end. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. The Facebook post that uh, Stefan and I responded to was end over blood. <laughs> yeah, we got suckered in. <laughs> you enjoy it. All right. I think after we had give that introduction to give you guys a little background of what, why the hell we're talking about a very unknown, unneed un to be known survival horror game for PlayStation 1. <laughs> I think I disagree with you there, but uh, I'll get to that. Okay. Okay. So this game starts off 
for one thing, it, it plays like tank controls, but it's weird tank controls. Like you can mm. one big part about this game is crouching. For some reason, you have to crouch and look at things all the damn time that don't make any sense. Well, it's a um it's a it's one of those like there was a string in the late nineties, early two thousands of you know Resident Evil clones. <laughs> and this was very much trying to capitalize on that like Resident Evil popularity. Yeah, yeah. Me and Stefan were talking about this earlier. It's there's it's a weird list of it's a weird list of things that they do where like some of the they're they're advanced in some aspects or they are very ambitious, and then there's others where they just fall flat on their face that should have been easy things to solve. <laughs> items, mm. for example, the item screen is a disorganized mess. You don't throw away things you've used in the game, so you just have this clusterfuck of just a whole trash bag full of things by the end and you're like where's my gun wait i gotta dig through these key cards and and this trash and these key codes stupid he has very deep pockets <laughs> the first one was uh the first one was all programmed by one guy which i find impressive overblood yeah overblood was programmed by one guy um wow. uh akihiro hino who is better known for working on like He's well to us. He's best known for working on Overblood and Overblood too. But uh, he's better known in the general sense for he's the president and CEO of Level Five. Yeah, so he he is like the programmer for he was the programmer and writer for the Dark Cloud games. All the he's the like designer for all the Professor Layton games, a bunch of Nino Kuni wow. games, like Yokai Watch. Like the guy's actually the, the guy knows what he's doing. The guy knows game design. That is a hardworking dude. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's really funny to me that, like, this dude that, like, I, I was always aware of Akihiro you know, growing up. Like, I knew who he was, and I knew Overblood, and I just, I don't think I know, I knew he was the one who designed it until I was, like, watching somebody else play it again one day. While I was watching Game Informer play it again one day, and it got to the credits, and I saw Akihiro you know, and I was like, holy shit, I know that guy. Oh, my God, he's the guy who made this? <laughs> well, that explains a lot. <laughs> Oh, there are a couple of things for sure. This has a uh, over Resident Evil, like fully 3D environments. Like I think it did that before Resident Evil finally started getting in the kick of that. And the zapping system that they didn't really utilize until RE0, because you could bounce back and forth between Raz and Peepo, and I think Raz and Millie at some point. Yep. Who we should say, Raz Carsey is the main protagonist of this game. He's a guy who's in a blue jumpsuit wearing an orange vest. <laughs> Not at first. Jumpsuit. And he first looks just wake... like Barry Burton. Yeah. First he is... you wake up and you're freezing to death. And he's like, that's cold in here. And a little health bar pops up. He's and so I know. Whiny. It, and it's like, and I and I tried doing it like, okay, I'm like, cause I, I hadn't seen the replay in years, but I had to remember this opening. So I'm going through and I'm trying to find the switch. And I'm like, I know it's over here somewhere, but if you don't kneel down and hit the button, nothing happens. And if you don't do that and then check out a certain door and open up and put a vest on, because a vest is going to save your life when you're freezing to death, <laughs> you're not going to make it. Such a weird ass game. <laughs> yeah. And Resident Evil, like something, if like an item was in a room, it would shine a little bit to let you know it was there in this game. It would also be present. Like you would see yeah. the item in the world. <laughs> <laughs> in this game, you cannot see anything. You just have to click on everything. Not click. You have to crouch and then click. <laughs> Sometimes crouch and click too. Yes. <laughs> if, you, if you click on something, the game says, oh, there's something here. But if you crouch, it goes, oh, yes, there's this like 
vital item to my survival that I need or else I can't save or I can't heal or I can't continue on because there's a puzzle piece that is only accessible if you're crouching. It's <laughs> real dumb. <laughs> a whole button dedicated to the crouch. <laughs> I mean, everything. Uh... Like, you can't... Like, this game has a fighting system where you can punch and kick, but it only pops up in the situations where you need it. Otherwise, it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's I well, that's one of those things where I'm like, this is weird, but I also want to give uh, I want to give Hino credit for being like trying to create this separate like world where it's or trying to create this like more intricate world. I don't know. That might be giving him too much credit to be like, oh, obviously you have to crouch down to pick up something off the ground. But I felt like there was something there. He's like, oh, yeah, this thing is. I mean, this is the guy who did Professor Layton. Like this guy is puzzled yeah. in the brain constantly. So I feel like that was his ex- like answer to creating a more puzzling world oh you shouldn't just be able to like grab this thing you should have to crouch and grab this thing because that makes it a puzzle quote unquote yeah the games of the 90s were definitely like i mean it's kind of, it's still kind of a trope it carries through there's like you know you must do this click this click that you got to put the puzzle piece in here and make the fountain spurt blood and it's just <laughs> a rube goldberg machine of terrible things that shouldn't actually lead to one another <laughs> It's one of those things that we still haven't quite gotten over in gaming. Like, fuck, there's a I don't goddamn, think it's ever going to go away. <laughs> there's a goddamn quest in uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 where you need to get like a harmonica for somebody and you can find a guy with a harmonica, but the game doesn't recognize his harmonica as a harmonica. You have to go find one specifically somewhere else. It's like we still haven't gotten <laughs> oh, over God. that. Like, things make sense <laughs> in games. <laughs> there's still a dumb video game logic there. Mm. Yeah, that is kind of dumb. <laughs> that would irritate I actually got, me. I actually got the name for uh, like my what? So outside of this, I do graphic design, and I got the name of my graphic design company from because of Overblood, which uh, I I call myself. I call my design company Level Seven Designs, and I got that from uh, Akihiro Hino, who is the president of Level Five Designs. <laughs> oh, I didn't and, know that. Uh, I was sitting in class one day, and there was a uh, professor going like like. Tr- Basically, it was a web design class. It was like they were trying to teach us how to make our own website. And she was going on about how it's important to buy it, like get a website domain and spend a lot of time thinking on it. <laughs> and I randomly like she was trying to explain how it works. And I had kind of done a little bit of web design previously. And so while she was talking, I pulled out my phone and went to a, uh, a registration site and bought level find level seven designs dot com. And I was like, all right, I'm good. I got it. Was that uh, was it the first project? First project done. <laughs> she just bought a website. I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Right here in class." I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "You found the one you wanted?" I was like, "Yeah, I found a pretty good one." I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I should point out, there's nothing on that site right now, but I have that site now. Coming soon. Coming. Yeah, eventually. Hopefully, by the end of this uh, this semester, I'll have my site up. There you go. <laughs> I need to work on more shit to put up on there. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Also, like with this game, it's just as we already mentioned early on, you run into a little robot, which we've been referencing already for the last fifteen minutes. We've been doing this. It's called or twenty minutes. It's called People. He's a think. I think I describe him. It's just a little robot with a with a crane looking head. He's got a wrench that, on his head. Okay, like a wrench on his head that just makes that rolls around, and you one the it's one of the things you can control and use him to get into vents. And get in other places. I always like uh, how Tim Tory, Tim Tory, Tim Tory. I like how Tim Tory, 
Tim Terry from Game Informer described it uh, he said it's the uh, the Jurassic Park arm that turns over the dinosaur eggs because that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. I'm going to try not yeah. to reference the Overblood Super Replay a hundred times because that is uh, that's like my go to video like video series. If my power goes out, I have Overblood one and two. The Super Replays are both saved on my phone in case the power goes out. So I've got something to do or if I don't have Internet, I can watch something still. <laughs> wow. People actually had a voice actor, by the way. <laughs> Found that out today. Oh, really? Who was the voice actor? <laughs> Frank Welker, like the guy who did who's done Scooby Doo, and yeah, like he's been shit. a voice in like millions of other things. He was Peepo. What the fuck? Wow, <laughs> How, that is really bizarre. That's yeah, because Peepo just like beeps. That's all he does. It's kind of like when you find out like a uh, Bill Hader voiced BB-8, and you're like, what? Okay, sure. <laughs> Just whistling in the booth. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think when Bill, Bill, I watched some interview where he was talking about how he did the voice for BB-8 and JJ Abrams essentially just contacted him. It was like, hey, just take your phone out and be like, make like a bunch of robot noises into it. And that's how they made all the BB-8 sounds. <laughs> Real professional. Yeah. <laughs> Three movies worth. And that's why I love Bill Hader. <laughs> <laughs> the best cameo that no one knew was a cameo. <laughs> That's really, uh, I did not know. That's insane that Frank Welker did Peepo. I wonder if there was, did he do both Peepos or was he the American Peepo and there was a Japanese Peepo too? He was the American Peepo. There was apparently a Japanese one. I didn't catch their name before I got off IMDb. But I, I hope it was the guy who did the Japanese Scooby Doo. <laughs> Just to keep it, <laughs> keep it consistent. Uh, uh, one thing it's, I it's weird now. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No, you're good. One thing I do want to say about this game is once I started to understand the controls, like, I didn't absolutely hate it. Like, even though it's very weird, it doesn't have a lot of... Like, you do get into some fights in this game, but a lot of this game is just exploring the area that you're in, finding a key card or finding some random item in some random drawer that you would have never looked in in a regular game because this is a PlayStation 1 era and you can't see anything. But it, it was it was slightly interesting. It was an actually decent story. <laughs> Yeah, it's really weird because Raz has this uh, ability to want to push everything if you get really close to it. So <laughs> and then when he, he pushes... pushes things, yeah, he puts up his fingers like he's he's uh, what was it? Nixon? Nixon. Yeah, just the Nixon. Yeah, he's like, I'm catering to hippies, you know, uh... <laughs> I am not a crook. <laughs> well, I'm going to push the crooks. <laughs> Meet my new friend, people. Oh, yeah. And the other thing that we we should reference, the reason why we said Wiener to Steve earlier, when you first wake up, from the Cairo Cairo chambers or early on in that scene, you check the computer and it shows Ras Karsty. And for some reason he has nothing there. He has no dick. <laughs> yeah, and that's like the joke doll. of why he's wearing steed. In case he's a eunuch. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, guy to, from Game of Thrones. I like how we have to continuously apologize. Be like, yeah, like all of all of our all of our like references to this game are game informer playing. <laughs> it's yeah, and so they call him Wienerless Steve, and so we call him Wienerless Steve, and I like how the I'm whole so... reason the whole reason Peepo is named Peepo is because you have to you find this little robot in the second room of the game, which has like all of the shit that's super easy to miss. Like there's a vest in there that keeps you from freezing to death. You literally pick it up and go, "Great, now I won't freeze to death." <laughs> yeah, that's the voice Dude, recorder. The game's over. The uh, the Mito Mola memory chip and the little robot you put the chip in, and it goes. People, people, people. And it's like, I'll call you people. <laughs> yeah. That little chip that's like quintessential to the end of the game. <laughs> I got the, 
the voice. I like how Frank Welker does the voice of the robot that doesn't speak English. And then the guy who plays Raz is like like an American actor that you would not recognize if you saw him. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's weird because I, I, I like I hear his voice. I always remember it's like, oh, yeah, it's the guy. It's the cowboy from Indian in the Cupboard or the yeah. dad from Firestarter. Yeah, but like no, no offense to David Keith. It's just that he has not had he is not going to like it wasn't in anything you would not recognize him especially today like he was in i would say he was like a, a cu list actor maybe a b-list actor in the in the 90s and then just like today he's might as well be dead uh, well it does, doesn't help that he gets confused all the time with keith david so yeah <laughs> might as well be dead. <laughs> i mean what the last thing he was in was like I think he's I think he's got a recurring role in like the Hawaii Five O show, which I mean I'm sure is popular. Is but I don't know. <laughs> I don't I think it I think it got canceled last year. Or no, maybe it's still going. I don't know because I don't watch it and I don't know anybody that does watch it. Oh God, as the only actor here, this hurts my soul. <laughs> I know uh you're the star of Hawaii Five O. I'm sorry. <laughs> I d I didn't know. I just found out. What the fuck? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a match. Yeah, I just got hired for Hawaii Five O. Oh, it's canceled. You didn't know that? <laughs> I think it's still. I assume it's still going. I mean, you know what? Daniel Day Kim is in it. I like him, but uh, I don't know anybody else in it. And I, I've never talked to anybody who watches it. <laughs> I think it's one of those. Again, this is going to be like. This is going to sound kind of putting it down, but uh, I think it's one of those like mom shows. I would describe it as like any show on like like TNT, like Blue Bloods. I think Blue Bloods is like a mom show. Uh, what channel is it on? It's, it's probably like CBS or CBS. NBC or something. It has, CBS oh, old people. It has 10 seasons? <laughs> yep. And it's still air. Well, or right now, yeah, season, they're on season nine, episode 15. It aired on 117. So yeah, it's still on. Okay, see, this is one of the, goddamn, mom shows need to die. Well, I guess the moms need something to watch. Like NCIS, NCIS is going forever, and NCIS is a total mom show. <laughs> I think everyone knows what I talk about when I say NCIS is a mom show. <laughs> That's yes, only moms watch it. <laughs> Gee, I can't believe I cannot believe Hawaii Five O has been going on for almost ten seasons now. Jesus, yeah, started in twenty ten. That's scary. That's the real mystery here. <laughs> All right, so speaking more about Overblood, there's one stupid puzzle early on in this game that I. I Maybe remember, but you walk up to like an area you have to climb up. So you, you have like a two foot gap or something. And if you don't crouch, examine, find a key card and then try to climb, you can't climb it for some stupid reason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's oh, just... yeah. It's a, like when you go to that area, you do the typical video game like <laughs> like, oh, such destruction. I can't believe it. What happened here? <laughs> it's just the typical <laughs> video game bad writing. Like it's in every Silent Hill. <laughs> Oh man, I think I think in this game my favorite puzzle has to be <laughs> I forget what it's called. It's like the gravity something you have to get. The gravity statue or the uh, gravity controller? Yeah. The gravity controller. And you okay, so here's here's what happened to me because I just thought items worked in this game. <laughs> Apparently they don't. <laughs> no. I you have to manage your inventory very well in this game. And what I mean by that is there's a part where Raz Carsey sees this huge hole in the floor and he has to jump over it. Yeah. And I you assume have a jump button. Yeah. And you have a jump button. And I assumed that he was just going to jump over it because now he had the gravity controller or whatever. No, he jumped 
<laughs> he went right into the middle of it. Oh, oh yeah. You got to talk about his death noise. <laughs> I was like, okay, I died. Overblood has the best death rattle of all time in any yeah. video game. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to yell now. It's just a word of warning to everybody. <laughs> when you die in this game, in, in like any other game, you'll go like, ah, ugh. In Overblood, it is like a full forced, brah! <laughs> <laughs> it is it's so bad. much louder than everything else. <laughs> it really does sound like he's saying brap. Brap. And then the, <laughs> the end screen is just <laughs> you are dead, blood. <laughs> <laughs> like Resident <laughs> Evil, but worse. Yeah, it's like a parody of Resident Evil. <laughs> That's what the game feels This this so so like Resident Evil's the Hollywood film, and this is the sci-fi movie of the week, sci-fi channel movie of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, this is uh, this is like the. I don't even want to give it credit for being like Mega Shark, but it's like this is the sci-fi channel's Mega Shark to the Meg when that came out. Like, it's just riding off the coattails and being like, yeah, we can do, we can make movies too. But but again, I hate saying that because like there's so much interesting stuff that they tried to do in this game and mm -hmm. the sequel which i'll i'll try to avoid talking about in case we ever play it in the future we will oh you mean bizarro final fantasy 7 oh god yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> we'll say that i'll just say that right now as much as this game is a like attempting to be a clone of resident evil overblood 2 is the complete opposite is trying to be a clone of final fantasy and it's so odd but i kind of love that it did that <laughs> I'm yeah, sad. Have my attention the... now. I'm have you not watched the other? The... Oh, <laughs> I've never watched Overblood Super Replay Two. Of course I haven't. I mean, I mean, what's the first one? What do you think I am? The problem with this episode is more than any other episode. I'm so excited to talk about this game. I'm just trying not to cut everybody off constantly. Oh, <laughs> oh so as you were talking about the anti-gravity device, there's a part where you go into a room. It looks like it's right out of Resident Evil, like it could fit inside Resident Evil 1, kind of. And there's a statue floating. If you exam I think if you examine the statue, it might tell... I'm not sure what it's said. I didn't examine it. I just did what the guy told me to do. But you have to crouch down, take off this device, and then you can push the statue. No, no, you have to push the statue first. That's very important. <laughs> oh, yep. okay, that's how yeah. you die then. That's what you did. Yeah. Okay, I pushed the statue, then I examined it. There See, this, <laughs> this is why you needed to watch the Super Replay, Mike. Because... <laughs> In the actual Super Replay, if anyone goes and watches this, they actually couldn't figure out how to save their game. So yeah. when they got to the statue, they actually killed themselves by pushing it on themselves? Or no, they removed the gravity <laughs> device and it fell on top of them. It fell on them and killed them. It's the best. It's like my favorite moment in the series because it's just all four of them going, what the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it, that, there's a, a voice recorder in the the second room in the game, which looks like a it legit looks I like a found like, it. <laughs> what'd you say? You didn't find it? I never found it in this playthrough. I missed it completely. Did you really? So you couldn't yeah. save the game? Oh well, I guess you could save the game. Oh, come on now. Like, come on but... <laughs> I saved just five. But oh gosh. I thought it was in the same box as the uh Mitamola memory chip. I thought you had to get it. I no, I no. it is in the same it's no, in the it's, same area. It's in the same box as the vest. That's why that's... they uh that's because that's how they missed it in the super replay. Yep. Yeah, I never got it. I actually beat this because I watched the Super Replay so much. This is like one of my go-to things to watch on uh on YouTube. Like I said, <laughs> I beat this game in two hours. It's a short <laughs> game. You know what I'm doing. I knew exactly what to do. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. okay, go here, do this, push the statue over. 
Yeah, you got to push the statue over. It's a floating Greco-Roman statue, and if you don't if you don't push it over first, then it falls on you and you die. <laughs> and it's completely unex like it's it's so unexplained and so strange. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost kind of like it kind of reminds me of the uh, the ceiling coming down in the first Resident Evil. Yeah, it's the same yeah. like type of moment that they're going for. It's mm. what I see. You just like I always this game is kind of like a Resident Evil two clone, but in so many ways, I don't want to say it's like a bad sci-fi movie because this is kind of like to a me bad this sci-fi is movie. No, to me this is one of those movies that's like so bad it's good. Where it's, it's not actually bad. It's just weird in the right ways to make it seem bad and still be like really enjoyable. It's so it's kind of like if Resident Evil was Jaws, then this would be Deep Blue Sea. Yes. Yeah. He's <laughs> a good movie. <laughs> Although, yeah. I, I, think I still feel like that's that's being way too generous to Overblood there. Damn. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is think, Sharknado then? I don't I know. Think Overblood okay, is... that's being too unfair to Overblood now. <laughs> I think Overlord <laughs> is the Trolls 2 of games. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start. Yeah, doing there we go. That's, yeah. <laughs> I think it's the Trolls 2 of games or like the room of games where it's got all the elements of what makes up a game, but they're all wrong, but they all work <laughs> like they're wrong, but they still work somehow. It's got that. It's got that same charm to it as a bad movie, as a good, bad movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have no idea who you guys are referencing right now. Watch uh, Trolls 2. Yes. <laughs> Don't watch Trolls 2, but watch Trolls 2. Especially with somebody I'm never going to watch Trolls 2. Oh my god. You just I I love that movie. You could probably just spam me with clips now. Thanks, yeah. Raz. You're my favorite customer. Just go to YouTube and type in Oh my god Trolls 2 and you can watch yeah. that. I don't even yeah. know what Trolls 2 even is. Oh, oh my god. You don't know what Trolls 2 is? <laughs> oh man, that Oh god. Yes. Yeah, that we're okay. We're gonna talk. That's gonna be an episode. <laughs> I, I almost, I, I almost. You talking about? Sorry. Okay, you're not talking about what I just looked up. Then, what do you? What'd you look up? One with Anna Kendrick, which is not what you're talking about. Anna Kendrick. Um. Oh no no yeah, it's not pluralized. It's just troll too. Oh, you're are you talking about the? Uh, you're talking about like the trolls. The, uh, yeah, yeah, you're talking about like the 2016 movie. That's what you looked up. The, yeah, yeah, like there's a sequel coming. Yeah, I was like, Troll Anna Kendrick was in Trolls too. Jeez, I never knew that. Ironically, also has cannibalism in it, but that's yeah. not the one you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. We're oh not talking. About, we're not talking <laughs> about <laughs> Trolls World Tour, which is a movie that is this coming out for some reason. Terrible. <laughs> Trolls Two, the 1995 1990 film, which is has nothing to do with the original Trolls. It it should not exist. I don't know why it exists, but it's <laughs> so bad and so good. Uh, somebody should do a musical of that. Oh Jesus! <laughs> One song oh, not be called "Oh My God." <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! It's a troll. He's gonna eat me. <laughs> okay. uh, it's just one. <laughs> One sustained note. Oh my god! Yeah. That's, that's the harmony. That's how they end the harmony song at the end. <laughs> Everybody's singing all together and they all come together. Oh my god! You gotta pay the troll toll to get into this boy's hole. Gotta pay the troll toll to get in. Oh, We're going on an adventure to Nilbog. <laughs> so, speaking of overblood, so, so this game is full Thank you. of instant death traps. All over the place, yeah. which are annoying, especially. I mean, I was fine because I just hit a button, I save instantly. But it it does fill a lot of them. Like there's, if we were talking about with the jumping, there are parts where you have to walk across a pipe. And one time I was running, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, they probably got an invisible wall. 
nope, there's no invisible wire. Ah! You know, fell down the hole. And it's just interesting. Like, I mean, there's not, usually you're not in a situation where you're being, you're never being chased by anything or where you have to rush. Mm-hmm. It just, so it depends on how you want to play. But there are holes and you can fall on every single one of them. You can jump. He's a weird jump. But as, as we were talking, as Stefan mentioned earlier, a long time ago before the trolls, uh, when you jump, you have to take this this item. You have to select the item, and then he'll jump after you select the item. It makes no sense. It's just a very weird gamey gamey thing that doesn't and, uh, shouldn't be there. How does that jump look? <laughs> <laughs> you you hold your hand. You hold both hands straight up in the air, stiffen up, and just it's it, it's like a kid playing with a toy. You just like bounce from one end to the other. <laughs> mm-hmm. Throw your yeah. hands in the air if you're wienerless and just don't care. Don't it's know. uh, it's the Superman pose, but perpendicular to how you're flying. It's wrong. It's the Superman <laughs> pose, but wrong. But so right. And you use it multiple times in this game, too. Yep. Yeah. There's OK, this we should explain the structure of this, too, because if anyone has played Resident Evil and you go through the mansion, every single room looks like it's so specific. Yes, like the tile looks a certain way. The windows look different from the room before it. Everything looks like its own thing. In this game, each hallway looks identical. <laughs> like you could get lost so easy if you don't know yeah. where the hell you're going. And on top of that, there are even weird rooms where like there's one room where you go into the door, you go down some stairs to a, a lower level where there's nothing there. And there's another set of stairs five feet away that you go up to another door. It's the most obscure room I've ever seen in all of video games. <laughs> it is so dumb. Yes. <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Why didn't they just build a bridge? I, um... <laughs> Jesus, I just, uh... <laughs> I just looked up the cast for Overblood to see who, like, the Japanese cast was. <laughs> it's, and the uh, the guy who played Peepo in the Japanese version is not an insignificant voice actor. <laughs> he played a he played a number of characters in Sailor Moon. Oh okay. my god! <laughs> what the fuck? Tuxedo uh-huh. mask. <laughs> he, uh, played Sailor. I guess it was a girl. Played uh, she played Sailor Starfighter, which is like one of the other Sailor Group members <laughs> that exist in that series. Hasn't Mike sung Sailor Moon on the show before? Yes, multiple times. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I have again. as well. <laughs> she was in uh, <laughs> Jesus, the chick. God damn it. This actually, I don't know if this makes me angry or like I'm impressed or just confused. That's that's the ex- <laughs> that is like the quintessential overblood experience. I don't know if I'm angry or depressed or confused, but the chick who played Peepo was also in Perfect Blue, which is like one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> No and, way! Uh, Who did she play in that? Ray, I think one of the, I think Ray is the other one of the other idol members. I want to say. Yeah. Okay. And um, she was in Agent Ica. <laughs> Not insignificant voice actress. Wow. Who? Uh, Mimi. The Mimi. The chick who played uh, Millie is like top build. Who was she? Oh. Oh. The oh. chick who played Millie in the Japanese version also <laughs> like a significant uh, voice actress in her own right. She was, uh, oh my god, seriously? The fucking hell. The, the chick who plays Millie in the Japanese version of this game plays uh, Kaguya in Naruto, who's like the big, like the final big bad villain. Oh, wow. She plays Queen, Queen Serenity in Sailor Moon. <laughs> uh, um, 
another big bad villain. She's Charlotte in One Piece. What the fuck? Okay. The thing you didn't you know you this... come the game yeah. my mom found for. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to say that, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, okay, it's, it's very confusing. Very dramatic celebrity scale compared to the American cast, I think. <laughs> compared to I mean, Bruce, the voice so... acting is bad in this game. Maybe not as bad as Resident Evil, but it's not that great. The voice actress for uh, Raz is Rod Reese in uh, Attack on Titan. <laughs> One of the most popular anime out right now. <laughs> And he was also in Overblood. <laughs> okay, so as the game progresses, you do get to a point. I think, oh yeah, you get you get to the saddest moment in gaming. You get attacked by a couple mutants, or you get attacked by a mutant, and your little robot friend that's been running along with you for the last, like, what, 30 minutes or so? Maybe an hour tops? Because this um, game is not that long. In terms of the game, Peepo is with you. Like, in terms of the game's timeline, Peepo is with you for about 40 minutes. Maybe. Yeah, maybe like like a fourth of the game, I would say. Yeah, he's yeah. still the most memorable character. He's, he's he yeah. does. Yeah, this is we're talking about a for those who haven't played the game. We're talking about a little robot that has helped you solve two puzzles. <laughs> and I'm trying to think like the two does it help you solve. It only helps you solve one puzzle, really. You only uh, no, no, you need people to get through a door. Mm -hmm. And you, you need Peepo to prevent you from dying at another door. And that's all Peepo is really there for, is for those two doors. You're with this robot for 40 minutes. You don't know who you are. It's essentially like a dog that has followed you around. Like, mm -hmm. And this robot is the most memorable and lovable character in the franchise. <laughs> I don't know if I call this a franchise, but I guess I there are two Name games. one character from Overblood 2. I never even have never even played Overblood 2 yet or even seen it. If I asked anybody who's played or watched Overblood 1 and 2 to name one character from both series, Peepo would be the first they, character they name every single time. Somebody might say <laughs> yeah. Raz, but Peepo would be the answer 95% of the time. That's <laughs> I don't even think they'd remember Raz's name. They'd just be like, uh, Dickless Dave. And it's like, yeah. no. Damn it. <laughs> Peepo, Peepo has no lines of dialogue. It just beeps at you. But I, it's like... It's one of those things where it's like it's something about the design of that robot is so strong. It's so clear where it's like, it, yes, it, I recognize this character. I this character makes sense to me. It's Frank Walker's best role. Clearly, it is. Yeah, exactly <laughs> I also want to say, I, was I right? Is that the first mutant you run across is when people yeah. during that whole scene? Yeah, it is. OK, yes. well, we should so you, say it's, you, it's it looks like a mutant, but it also yeah. looks like you. Yes, it's wearing a blue. I didn't put that together. And really? So yeah. just now. So you uh, see yeah. these mutants in the place that all have like green skin. They're all scaly. They look like they've been dipped in acid and they have an affection, but they are wearing the same jumpsuit you're wearing without the orange vest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They've got the blue bodysuit on and they never found the vest. They also have a, you see one before <laughs> this, to be fair. You see one. Oh, you see a dead one. Yeah. You go to an elevator in the game because you're on like, basement sub basement three or something and you're trying to get up and out of this lab the only thing you really your, your goal at this point is just kind of like figure out what's going on the first the, this is like a like what you say this is like a four hour game and the yeah. first three hours are just kind of like figuring out what the fuck is going on yeah because we, we didn't even explain it but like when you start the game as raz you wake up in a pod that kind of like if anyone's ever seen alien or aliens it's like those sleeping pods that yeah, they, exactly yeah. that yeah yeah 
So he doesn't know what's going on and he has no idea who he is. Yeah, you wake up with amnesia. Mm-hmm. Classic trope in a video game. Like who- Resident <laughs> Evil ripped this off for Gun Survivor, <laughs> apparently. I like the audio in this game is so poorly mixed that you can barely hear Raz speak. And so, like, if you listen closely, he's like going on and on about like, I don't know who. I- it's so hard to do his voice. His voice is so bad. Where he's like, I don't know who I am. Where am I? What is this place? You go to this computer and it's like, uh, stasis meant to last for eternity. And you're like, eternity? <laughs> I was never going to get out of here. And it's like, yeah, dude, you're figuring it out. Good for you. You feel <laughs> like I feel bad. Like I, I like people. I just feel pity for Raz. It's not even like bad. It's just like pity. I pity this character who is seems like completely lost and just so dumb. Well, it's oh just, my god, it's, I'm a stock sci-fi main character. Ah! <laughs> It's well, just so weird, too, because it's every like scene in this game is mixed with like 1970s porn music. So it's just oh, God, it just yeah. gives you such a weird vibe when anything emotional is going on. <laughs> and like the, the story beats are all over the place. Like it's just it, nothing makes sense in the writing. Like you go to this elevator with Peepo and you open the door and a zombie falls out of it somehow. I guess it was propped up against the elevator door falls out and hits the ground like a fucking ironing board and you're looking down at it and like touching it and shit and you notice you've got the infection on your arm and you're like oh no i'm becoming like monster <laughs> the zombies are like nothing makes sense because it's like my brain says okay this is a resident evil game like this is trying to be a resident evil game so these are zombies but they don't look like zombies they look like mutants and they have like metallic skulls that are kind of like they're like it's like their skin is coming off and they've got like metallic skulls underneath their skin so it's like they're like terminator zombies mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the part of the game where i think it it shines in its weird and like ambitious badness <laughs> where like okay this game is bad it's a resident evil clone but it's trying to do something different mm-hmm. yeah that sums it up i think like i, I said very it's well. very ambitious <laughs> Ambitious badness is uh, should be the title for this game. Hand to hand combat, not something you think you'd see in a survival horror game at this era. And it's just like, no, nope, I'm going to get in a fist fight with this zombie. Like out the first zombie, you don't even fight. You don't even get into a fist fight with the first zombie oh, encounter oh. is scripted. Well, the first yeah. zombie encounter, the first one's dead. The second one is scripted. So this is a four hour game and you don't fight a zombie until like the hour, half, two hour mark. Yeah, you use a uh, vibro blade. It's like a laser, a laser knife. knife. Yeah, to like basically stab it, and then you literally just don't have that weapon anymore. <laughs> yeah, you never get it back. Who, yeah. uh, who wants to take on the burden of uh, explaining what happens to people? I'll, I'll do it. <sighs> okay. So people jumps on this mutant thing, grabs it with his little neck, his neck that extends like a giraffe for some weird reason, and he ends up getting like thrown against a wall by yeah. the mutant. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. he dies, and then you have a whole scene. He's like, "People!" Oh my god! It's so, <laughs> so like this is a little. You're you have no memory. You're just some guy who woke up. You find this little robot that's helping you, and yet you're crying over like you just lost the love of your life. You're with it for forty minutes, and this is the scene in the game that makes it go from this is a bad game to this might be the best thing I've ever played because <laughs> it, it's it's. I, it's like a dead scene on par with like a 90s movie. Like it could be like straight out of like E.T. or something. 
where like E.T. is sick and dying and like the kids are like, don't go E.T. We love you. <laughs> it's it's that <laughs> level of like cheesy, like mm-hmm. over the top emotion. But for a robot that you don't know that you can't speak to, you know nothing about. It's like, Peepo, don't go. I need you, Peepo. <laughs> people it so, even does one of those like camera pull away shots where yeah. it's like no you see the light in the robot's <laughs> eye fade <laughs> like it's it's played with all the seriousness of like like the end of t2 <laughs> like, like it's it's arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> going into the lava but it's a robot that you don't know <laughs> that cannot beep, talk beep, beep. Beep, beep, beep. I now know why you cry. Beep, beep, beep. But yeah. I cannot help you with that. <laughs> I would, uh, I would put it in my my top ten favorite death scenes. I think I'd put it right. I'd, I'd put it right ahead of uh of the end of Blade Runner, <laughs> the monologue. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's 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 this game's version of Tears in the Rain. <laughs> it's so beautiful <laughs> and so weird, and it makes no sense. <laughs> Now, now I'm just it's imagining perfect. that speech and peep on ease. Just beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Tears lost in the rain. I want to do an edit now. I want to do an edit now of people dying, and then every now and then, it just every time it cuts back to Raz, it's just Harrison Ford staring. It's <laughs> like full, like wide-eyed stare, just completely engulfed in his robot's beeping. <laughs> Okay, um, so a- after people dies, because this game tends to give you a lot of times two characters, you end up running into another human inside this large base that you're research the research center that you're inside. Mm-hmm. You end up meeting M- Millie or Mindy? Yeah, Millie. Yeah, that's right. Millie? Okay, you and, actually and first, try to save her. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're trying to save her, and she's playing like, "Oh, I don't know who I am either." And then there's a few different parts. When there's monologue where she knows kind of who she is, like she remembers certain oh, things. Oh, it's so obvious. Yeah. yeah, she's like every dialogue bit she has is like um, like the one of the first things you say to her is <laughs> "You're so distraught throughout the entire game. The rest of the game, you are so distraught about this robot's death, <laughs> which you pull the memory chip out of the robot because you need it for later. So it's not really dead. It's like it's um." mechanical device so you still have people in your pocket it's not dead it's just you know yeah. it's, uh, it's just stored on memory at this point i remember having my uh pocket people in the 90s those were fun <laughs> i uh i almost i almost made a memory chip that said meet a mola on it and made like a keychain i might still do that to be fair because it's a very easy thing to do i might make myself a meet a mola uh memory chip keychain so that i always have a little people with me <laughs> oh god overblown go nuts I, I, I'm gonna have to do it now. I've said it on the podcast, and people from Overblood listen to this, so uh, they're gonna hold me to that. Hold me to that, Overblood, and I will do it. Um, <laughs> as soon as I'm done with this project, that's gonna take me like three fucking months that I'm working on right now. Uh, that'll be my next thing. Um, but in back orders, yeah, I'll do a Kickstarter if you want your own people. Uh, meet a mole memory chip keychain. <laughs> um, but yeah, the first thing you say to Billy is like, uh, one of the first things you say to her is like. Oh, like we wouldn't have this problem if Peepo was here. And she's like, Who's Peepo? Who's that? And you're like, Oh, a little <laughs> robot friend that I met. And she's like, Oh, you must be talking about SR19. Like, SR, what what are you saying? She's like, Oh, nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah. It's just the local that. station sex toy. Just yeah. pay no attention to it. All of her dialogue <laughs> is so odd. Like she's so bad at hiding 
what she it's it's the same dialogue as like a bad movie it's the same dialogue out of like the room like somebody's trying to hide something they're just like like oh like you must mean this obvious project and you're like what and she's like oh I, I excuse me sorry i said nothing it's like uh how wesker wasn't evil from the beginning yeah wesker's not the bad guy I find it funny this game hits those Resident Evil notes really well, too, where every Resident Evil game is kind of like that. You start the game and you've got your your buddy with you. Like Resident Evil 1, you've got Barry with you for a little bit. And then like he keeps coming to help you and then you get split up and you're alone for a while. And then you'll meet like Rebecca later on or, or something. That's uh, two different campaigns. I know. Don't fucking get mad at me. But so, <laughs> I say it's like so Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 2, you have uh, Marvin or Martin. Marvin? Marvin. Marvin. He's in one part and then dies. Uh, he's a pretty good part of Resident Evil 2. He's like with you for a while. Uh, he's not with hey, you, but he's like helping you. Don't talk smack about Will Smith cop. That's not nice. Will Smith cop does the best he can. And then you're alone for a while. And then like you start coming across uh, Claire again and, and Ada. And so you've got a partner again. It's that, it's that same Resident Evil like formula of you have a partner and then you're alone. And then you have a partner again for the rest of the game. Even Ooh. right down to the romance in this game, it pretty much has Leon and Ada vibes. I know I've only known you a short amount of time, but I've really yeah. grown to care about you. Yeah, you've known Billy for as much time as you've known people. And you fa- immediately you fall in love. I feel bad for Raz Carsey because he can, never, yeah, he can never go anywhere. Like I sometimes <laughs> will go to like I'll sometimes go to like Starbucks with somebody or like I'll go sit down and get some food. Like imagine every time you go to a restaurant. And sit down to eat. Like, I go to a sushi place all the time near my school that I fucking love. I love this sushi place. I go there, like, once a week. I sit down. I usually eat there for about 40 minutes. If I was Raz Carsey, I would fall in love with every single waitress, every single sushi chef, anybody that was sitting next to me. I would fall <laughs> deeply, tragically in love with them by the time I was done eating sushi and going back to class. It's okay. They're used to it. It happens it's... often. <laughs> every time, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love my sushi chef. Don't get me wrong, but it's more for his food than his personality. Can you, can you make me another California roll? I wouldn't can have this stop problem. Looking at me like that. Food. Yeah, drooling. <laughs> just as soon as I sit down, just like like the anime heart eyes. Like, <laughs> Thank you so much. Just calm down, dude. It's just ginger. Could I have more soy sauce? <laughs> remind me never to put another replay game on the show <laughs> <laughs> alright other thing I, as the game progresses I mean there, there were a couple parts and I was actually because I since I never watched the replay I was actually getting interested in the story like, I, I found me like I, actually, I beat this game most I played most of it in a day I just sat down just kept just kept plugging through it and I was having a decent time and I was surprised and confused the concept of it is really interesting go ahead sorry (laughs) as the story's progressing uh, you're starting to realize more and more like you you know you're infected it takes him a long ass time to realize that Millie knows more than she's letting on there's one really dumb puzzle realize Millie is letting on it's not even more than she's letting on she's letting everything on (laughs) He's an idiot. He's a fucking moron. Uh, so, there's one really dumb puzzle that I knew kind of. I mean, I had it in my guide, but I also remember. I think I think Gameformer had problems with this too, where you get to an elevator and the elevator shakes, but you have to pick up an explosive, oh, Jesus. explosive chemical yeah. 
and you have to oil the elevator. If you don't oil the elevator, you get back on, it shakes, and you blow up. But if you run, that's not a problem, but only if the elevator shakes. It's just, yeah. it's just one of these dumb puzzles that didn't need to be in this game. I I like that puzzle. The solution to it should have been more simple than it was, because the whole point of the puzzle is like it, it's set up very well. From a, from a game design standpoint, it's set up very well. You get on an elevator, and it's like shaking on the way down, and you you pick up a like you go to a box and open it with a key card that you picked up earlier. It's it's using a puzzle piece from earlier. It's using a reward from earlier to open a box right after this puzzle or this uh, this elevator. Sorry, and it mm -hmm. immediately says this item will explode if heated or shaken. And so it's one of those great telegraph things in a game where you go, I can't pick this up because that elevator is shaking. I like the setup for this puzzle a lot. I think that's one of those things where there's like good game design hidden in here like immediately followed by it's it's that i think that's what makes this game so great in my mind is that it's it's good setups it's great game design setups followed by the stupidest solution so yeah you you know exactly you think you know exactly what to do but the solution is so dumb of you have to go around and search this room but you can't just search the room you have to be crouching to search the room or else you can't find the oil that you need for like five more puzzles yeah it's like it, that's what keeps the game interesting to me because it's like I know whatever puzzle I come across next is going to set itself up very well, but then the solution will be so dumb that it's like it's funny. And it's, yeah, 90s for you. Yeah, it's just like the room. The room as a concept is like it, it seems like it's a very simple movie, a very obvious movie to understand. Like girl cheats on guy, and the guy is like it's it's just all about the fallout of a relationship. But then the actual execution of it is the worst thing ever. Well, yeah, it's it's a classic story told through a very, very warped lens. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's good concepts and bad design. It's it, like I always I, I always want to find those games, those games out there that are like the perfect bad movie games. I really like bad games, but it's uh, I think the the threshold for what makes a bad game a good bad game is much higher than what makes a bad movie a good bad movie mm -hmm. there's a lot of good bad movies because for a long time movies were really easy to make for everybody and yeah game design just it isn't i'm sure we will get to a point where like a hundred years from now there'll be so many games that there'll be a lot to choose from right now i don't know if there's really that many good bad games out there or if they're out there they just haven't quite been discovered yet mm -hmm. i'm always i'm always waiting for that i'm always waiting for the good bad games to be discovered <laughs> like uh friday the 13th yeah that was a good bad game that was a great bad game that was actually yeah, really for fun. nes we should specify mm -hmm. i yeah. um yeah i don't know if i would i don't know if i'd classify parasite even that or not because parasite even is also just like a good parasite game it's a good game it's just so weird yeah that's just a very good game. But okay, back to Overblood. Wow, I don't so, like scary. <laughs> there's a couple parts. Like one we had mentioned a little bit, you have combat in this game, which is mostly punching and kicking, but you do get a gun, you do get ammo, but the 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 gun system is really strange. You have to open your inventory, scroll through all the items while you're being attacked, pick up the gun, start shooting. It's very mm. not good. But there is a scene where a mutant <laughs> Yeah, it, there's no pause. Like, I mean, there's, there's a pause, but the menu doesn't pause it. There's yeah, there's a pause, and then there's a menu button, and those are two separate things that cannot be used at the same time. Yeah. And the only way to activate your gun is if you're in combat, so you can't reload outside of combat, Resident Evil style, which is stupid too. 
it's a real dumb. But <laughs> I mean, okay, it was there, programmed by one guy, so we do true. have to. Yeah, we have to give him impressive. credit. I'll give yeah. him credit because right, there is a scene. <clears throat> okay, oh my, go say your name. Say your piece. Okay, there's a scene where you get into a room with Millie where you get attacked by a mutant and because you're trying to get decontaminated because you're infected with the virus and a mutant attacks you. I want to say knocks you out or starts and then she drags you through a door. And that's when I was getting really invested in these characters. Like, I, I don't know why. I mean, this is not a good game, but I was like, you know, this is kind of interesting. I, I kind of enjoying myself right now. And, you know, that's when I realized, like, this story starts getting very interesting. Like, they, they, they're giving you bits and pieces of what's going on. And you also, in the background, have this guy talking to another person in a dark meeting room. Oh, yeah. Like, I love Mindy. She's the love of my life. Mindy. That guy is going to hurt her. And I love Mindy. I mean, like, <laughs> I, said, I said it wrong. I know, Billy, but it, Billy got me, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> there's, got me interested. there's two characters in this game, and I can't remember one of them. <laughs> it was a long time ago, it's been a long week, it's been a really long week here in Minnesota. Mm. But yeah, they're silhouette like characters, like, literally, you can't see their faces, they're in the shadow, but there's a light on in between them, but they're not in the light. So it's just like a very X Files thing, like FBI questioning you type thing. Yeah, yeah. The only it makes thing sense. clear is that it's a guy and a robot talking to each other, or like a computer. You Which, don't know that. I didn't. Well, put you that do together. know that at some point because you say the you say the the bad guy, like the the shadow figure who's like the antagonist of the game. At some point, it's like. He calls the other it's you don't know his name. You know, the name of the other robot computer thing is Zeus. And it's got like a really filtered voice. And at some point, the shadow figure says, like, you can't believe that. You're just a fool. And the robot goes, I am a computer. I cannot be a fool. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't understand human emotion. Yeah. yeah. I've had enough of your electro psycho babble. He says that to a computer. <laughs> Not it's a very uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Like, I can't do that, Dave. It's, uh... <laughs> I would say it's more like um, Lost in Space. <laughs> for the kind of, like, all the cheese in it. Yeah. <laughs> danger, Rascarsi. Danger, danger. <laughs> Electro Cycle Babble, by the way, is just the... It's the best thing ever said. <laughs> Dev's on that band name. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the best band name. Electro Cycle Babble. <laughs> <laughs> with a featured song, Raz Garcia and the Peepos. We were originally called the, <laughs> we the Wienerless Steves, but we've changed it now. <laughs> okay. Um, and as it progresses, there were a couple parts that I vaguely remember there's one part where he goes full on mutant, Raz, Raz does, yeah. when you're playing as him. And she has the antidote, or she gets him the antidote, I want to say. No, yeah. what happens is he. Trunks comes back from the future. And damn it, damn it. it. I was about to say that same fucking thing. I was, no shit, I was I, about I to say that same fucking thing. <laughs> there were these androids. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so mad. I, I was legitimately about to make that oh, same fucking joke. Listening. You will see you next week. <laughs> I can't it right there. We're I'm kidding. Yeah. You turn into a, uh, you you go through like an anime transformation um, and turn into like a werewolf looking monster thing that's mm -hmm. really bad and like the the modeling is awful 
it just looks it just looks like terrible. It, just, it doesn't look interesting. It's just bad. And Millie, yeah. who thankfully has thankfully you share inventory, even though they make a point earlier. You make a point earlier in the game to give Millie the gun so she can protect herself. At this point, you haven't given her anything. She's just sharing inventory with you. And so she also has the stun gun you picked up earlier. <laughs> oh, yeah. so she uses the taser on you to uh, to knock you out and then somehow drag you again to this giant machine and put you in there and cure you. And when you Millie get out of the machine, it works out miraculously. And like the guy on the like a shadow figure is like, um, like, it's a shame. He makes like he's the perfect soldier. Like he is the one he's he's the, the solution to all of our problems. Not that it matters anymore. And so you get like a little bit of story beat there and you wake up and you're still the dumbest fucking idiot in the world because you go to every like when you go to the machines, you're like, how did Millie know how to use this? This is that's so strange. It's so is that weird. girl using a computer. Yeah. What the fuck. I don't understand. I think the actual dialogue or the actual like written description of it is like, this is a weird machine, but that doesn't explain why Millie knew how to use it. I was like, dude, come on, like put the pieces together. He is the dumbest, dumb Resident Evil protagonist. Hey, he can't <laughs> help it. He wasn't given a brain when he was created. Like, like we talk about Resident Evil protagonists being dumb where they're like, oh, who could be behind the zombie outbreak? And it's like, it's Umbrella! It's always Umbrella, Chris. God damn it. The names are on everything! But Raz is just like, like uh, Millie knows how to open every door, and she knows how to use the computers here, and but I don't but, like there should be like a fucking it should have like that Scott Pilgrim like thing in his head where it goes from uh, like doesn't get it get it but it would be the whole game there's dozens of clues it's not till the very end of the game when somebody tells you directly to your face and you're like uh I guess Millie worked at this lab and it's like yeah yes she did it's, it's so like Raz Carsey has unlocked the power of love. Yeah. <laughs> oh god! And the whole love, the whole love story with him. Like, he's like, all right, wait, this the way he gets over Millie is just stupid. Like that, that made oh. me shake my head a lot. I like with the part where uh, she saves his life by dragging him through the door, and you hear, you hear the like, oh god, it's it's so confusing. But you drag Raz through a door. You, you Millie drags you through a door before a <laughs> before a zombie Terminator mutant thing kills you. And thankfully, the door closes right after you. That part's all off screen. You just hear the audio for this because I guess they were trying to save money and go for this stylized effect. But the next scene is like both of you standing up with your backs to the wall next to each other and like uh, like weird jazz music is playing. And it's like, like, oh, man, if it wasn't for Millie, I'd be dead. Thanks, Millie. You're the best. I have feelings for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid. It's, it, you need like that dumb like Raz voice constantly playing over this game of like uh, gave Millie gun Millie saved life Millie love. The entire this entire game is like that meme of uh the fucking the guy from Sailor is it Sailor Moon where he's like the butterfly is landing on his finger he's like is this a bird. <laughs> oh god what kind of bird is this like that's raz that's that's who raz is as a person 
It, it reminds me of that Futurama episode where the brains come and everyone's dumb. And Lila's oh, like, this, this for you. Yeah. <laughs> Fry's the smartest man on the planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> brains make brain hurt. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what Raz is? Raz is, um, is it Gumby from the Monty Python skits? What's that character's name who has the, the cloth hat on? <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh god, what is that fucking carrying? I'll look it up real quick. It's not Gumby. Uh it might be Gumby. Let's see here. Yay, uh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's Gumby. This is the great skit where he's like the doctor and like like for anyone who doesn't hasn't watched Money Python, just go look at the Gumby sketches. They're fucking hilarious. They all have like cloth hats on and they wear sweater vests and they're just all really stupid. They're like, solve problem. And they're just like hitting shit with a wrench and they're like, ah, fix bike, fix bike. <laughs> My that's, so their, their catchphrase right is uh, their catchphrase is my brain hurts <laughs> and and that's Raz that's Raz's like entire persona is my brain's voice it's his arc <laughs> it's emotional arc it's emotional it's the arc. only direction oh, only direction he got one uh, direction oh, on on the on that note now back to where we were okay so. <laughs> As the game progresses, there's not a whole lot of cool scenes that I feel like we need to really hash out. But there are a couple one I want to mention. One that we hadn't mentioned yet is throughout this game, there are a couple scenes where you'll be like a kind of what now would have been a quick time event where all of a sudden the life bar will flash on the screen. And sometimes you don't even know what to do. You just have to hit a button and like jump like there's a part where the water comes rushing at you. You have to just jump. And there's a bunch of different scenes like that. But uh... I didn't mind them. We should probably also say at this point that yes. Jesse is gone for just for the listeners. Mm-hmm. Just so we don't, because we're editing that part and putting it at the end. We should also make a note to say, hey, everybody, Jesse had to go. So he's not going to be in the rest of this episode, but he's still going to have a shelf or box at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so that's not confusing where they're like, hey, Jesse's oddly quiet for the rest of this, this episode for some reason. Yeah. You know, that's a very good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so that happened. <laughs> Okay. Leave that, leave that really and, awkward silence in there. And now, welcome back to Overblood. Yeah. Oh, God. I, you know what? I've, well, I'll say this for later, but one thing I do want to mention as this as this game progresses, there's there's a part also where you're driving these little, like, scooters? Not scooter, um, like a little hovercraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the I guard was, thing, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. I really, uh, and Metal Gear Solid 3. Metal Gear Solid. It's what the guards fly on in Metal Gear Solid 3. Oh my god, I didn't even put that together. That I is didn't so either. true. Wow. Yeah, I don't... It's Metal Gear Solid 3 stole something from Overblood. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Kojima's a big fan of Overblood. <laughs> yeah. Kojima... It turns out Kojima's a total hack, and what, like, I say I say all these bad games must exist. Like, Kojima has a collection of, like, the worst good... the, the, the best worst games, and he's just stolen what makes them interesting <laughs> we're gonna find out that like he stole everything in metal gear solid from all these bad games <laughs> some bad game is gonna come out and they're like oh we're yeah. using nuclear warheads to to bring all the nations of the world together and it's like that sounds familiar yeah <laughs> why does that sound familiar <laughs> i'm so confused right now uh that you've played metal gear <laughs> yeah i know it's been a while i'm just confused about this podcast I mean, it's it's appropriate to what we're talking about. I, well, I guess getting go ahead, Stu. <laughs> well, I just want to I want to ask uh, 
I want to ask what everyone's favorite puzzles in this game was, or maybe just the one that stood out the most, because it's it's all the puzzles in this game are so odd and so weird. I just I mean, going back to what I was saying earlier about jumping into the hole, like <laughs> yeah. figure, figuring out your inventory and having to use it without knowing that's how you <laughs> use it. That's like a puzzle in itself. <laughs> Well, what was the puzzle where he had to you had to use people and Raz Carsey holds the door up? That's actually that's my favorite puzzle because yeah. it's so it's so shocking because uh, you you go into a hallway and it seems like such a simple puzzle. This is actually one of those things where I think it's really effective puzzling just done in a really bad way. You go into a hallway and you press a button. There's a door at the end of the hallway. You walk the door one open. You go back to the beginning of the hallway. There's a button you press and it opens the door. When you let mm-hmm. go of the button, the door closes. It's like a riddle. It's set up like a riddle. <laughs> yeah. So you press the button, the door opens, you go walk towards it, and the door like starts closing and you can't make it. So you have to, as Peepo, press the button. You have to you have to think about it, like play around with it and switch to Peepo, because you can switch characters. We haven't mentioned that yet. This mm-hmm. game has character <laughs> switching. We so I think we mentioned over, it, but not move over enough. Resident Evil Zero. <laughs> yeah. It's like a zapping system. Yeah. <laughs> You, you play as Peepo, you press the button on the door, you send Raz Carsey through it, and then as Peepo, you let go of the button and you can make it under the door. And then a little bit later, there's a door that you have to put the gravity controller on. It's like the same kind of setup. You put the gravity controller on, it opens, and you send Peepo through, and when you're walking through, the door starts closing, and for some reason, Raz, instead of just walking out from under the door stands there and lets the door hit him in the back and he's like holding it up and the door is about to kill him it's about to crush him to death right and people you have as people you have to go and like play around with some fucking switches on the wall as your health bar is going down rather quickly and it's like it's like it's it's like quintessential overblood puzzle where it's it's a very simple setup you know what you have to do but the execution of it's so odd where mm-hmm. it's like the way that this door is opened is with three like levers that have to be in a certain formation, like a la Resident Evil style, where it's like, oh, yeah, the door can't just open. Of course, you have to solve a lever puzzle to open the door. Right. And it's and like speaking like physically, if he could theoretically hold the door up, then couldn't he have just lifted it? I mean, it was probably locked, but wouldn't that be how that works? Like, how is he even yeah. holding that door up? Because it's like a million pound steel door. Yeah, like (laughs) when you fuck around with the levers, how the puzzle is like solved is like the the pressure on the door is released just enough, I guess, for it to like pops up like half a foot and you run out from under it and then it slams shut again. So I shouldn't even say those levers like open the door. They just activate like like you have three levers that just move the door up six inches and then slams it shut. It's it's it's, bizarre. It's like it's the one two punch of every puzzle in this game, of every aspect of this game, really. That's like, oh, it hits you with something good and interesting or at least like at least like solvable. It sets you up with a a solid setup and then like just completely it's like a completely fat flaccid payoff. It just makes no sense. Seriously. (laughs) What was was your favorite dumb puzzle, Mike? (laughs) Uh, I can't even remember most of them all of a sudden, but the one that did stick with me was the anti-grav when you have the statue that can fall on you, which didn't happen to me. That 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 amused me. I I like the uh, the thermostat one a lot because that one's right after you get the the vial that can be exploded if heaten or shaken. You 
shortly afterwards or shortly beforehand, depending on mm -hmm. how you do it, you can find a thermostat that is it's it's the most video game logic ever. You have a vial that explodes if shaken or heaten, and you find a thermostat that only heats. And it's it's well written in that your brain goes, ah, this heats and this explodes if heated. I'm making a bomb. And the thing that with that, too, is every time you say that, I keep thinking of 007 shaken, not stirred every single time. Shaken, not heated. <laughs> but, <laughs> And then you said the bomb to nine seconds for some fucking reason and make it really hard for it to for you to run away from the bomb. Yeah, that was kind of a hard part too. That but I this game is interesting, but I, I do kind of want to start wrapping it up here. How much <laughs> else there is to say about this game. I realize this game is really hard to talk about too. It kind of is. Um I we haven't really talked about we haven't talked about some other things we usually talk about with games because this is such an odd one. Like we haven't talked about reviews because this Yeah, there's no point. I mean, we don't really it, talk about reviews a lot. Though. I usually bring them up. I usually say like this game got like sixes or sevens or something. This game reviewed like not like not that badly, all things considered. It's kind of odd. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's like a timing thing of we all were introduced to this game by Game Informer like years after it was released. And so it just looked worse by comparison. But yeah, I don't think I ever once saw Overblood until they did it on replay. I don't remember seeing it in a store or like in a magazine or anything. I it, it, believe it or not, this game was actually recommended to me a long time ago by a friend. Wow. Not on its own, but my friend sent me like a list of my friend made like a uh, he was like he made like a list of like um, every horror game that people should play or something. Made this really long list, and I keep it on Reddit. It might still be up on Reddit somewhere, um, but it's probably still floating around the internet somewhere. But it's like a long list of like all games people should play, and it was like all the horror games that people should play. And it was like you know the classics were on there. You had like Resident Evil on there. You had Silent Hill. Um, he put all like the Penumbra games on there. This is before like Amnesia came out. It was a long time ago. And yeah, I remember Overblood being on the list, and the only reason it stood out to me was because I I saw that list again years later, and I noticed Overblood was on it, and I was like, what the fuck. Why? Why did he put this on his list? What did he play Overblood? And sadly, I don't talk to him anymore. I should like try to get back in contact with him. And be like, hey, what the fuck? Did you play Overblood? <laughs> What's this all about, man? <laughs> What's the deal with you? But the game reviewed like decently well from some people. I mean, I think Game Informer gave it like a six or I think they gave it a six or like six point five or something. IGN gave it a six. Joypad, uh, Joypad, and Game Fan like they both gave it like solid Bs essentially. Uh, that feels about right for like back then, right? Yeah, I, I maybe I don't know. It's it's hard to say because this is one of those games where like we're it. This game worries me too. Uh, like I get some level of worry about this game because I'm like, did did we just enjoy Resident Evil because we played it younger? Because we have that nostalgia? Is that what keeps us with it? Like, had I played Overblood when I was ten, would I love this game like I love Resident Evil? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously having more time to sit back and enjoy it and not have to rush through it in a week would probably help out too. Probably. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to, I think this game, there's a lot of things about this game that are really interesting. The game itself isn't necessarily, you know, worthwhile, <laughs> yeah. but I think about this game a lot. There's a lot of things I think about where I'm like, yeah, had, it, this game didn't review terribly. This had I played this game when it was recommended to me, I wonder if it would be like I wonder if it'd be like a game series that I was still like begging to come back. Like, oh man, when are they gonna do Overblood Three? 
Yeah, I, I highly I, doubt it. I still find it bizarre <laughs> that it got a sequel in the first place. Honestly, yeah. I actually looked up um just for <laughs> some other backstory because we were in the Overblood group. I was I uh I don't remember the context of why I was doing this. Um, I think somebody in the Overblood group was like, at, we were talking about it uh one day, and I was like, I'm gonna look up to see if I can figure out who owns the rights to Overblood. It was around the same time I was like looking into like uh I was looking at like Akihiro Hino and like figuring out he did it and I was like I think a game informer interviewed him at some point and asked him like a couple questions about Overblood and they asked him like who owns the rights and he didn't answer it. Like he answered he they asked him like two questions and he didn't answer that one. And I was like, who does own the rights? That'd be interesting to find out. And so I actually had to I actually like went through like the patent office and uh made a <laughs> bunch of requests for Overblood. I, I like I did real investigation on this. I did like I went to the American Patent Office and I went to the Japanese Patent Office. Thankfully, they both have work. Uh, thankfully, they both have pretty good websites, so it wasn't that difficult. And Overblood and Overblood Two were both the rights of them were both held by uh, they're pr- both produced by EA or uh, distributed or like developed by they're developed by River Hill Soft. The first one was published by River Hill Soft. The second one was published by EA. And so I was like trying to figure out what happens, like where where the uh, where the rights went to and you know i don't know because river hillsoft went bankrupt and i think a lot of people who worked on it went to go work for level five and like the level five or like for a brief period like some stuff was owned by ea so as far as i could tell like a lot of the rights for this had don't quote me on this when i last checked because actually i have checked multiple times um when i last <laughs> checked it looked like the rights had expired or at least I could not, I could no longer find patents for it. That's weird. I honestly, I thought for the longest time, or I remember somebody posting it in Overblood, they said EA does own the rights. And I was like, well, that makes I, sense. But I think that was me. I think I said that. Okay. Yeah. I was, <laughs> oh, I was... For, for a while, I, for a while, I, it, it seemed like it was owned by EA. That was like the conclusion I came to. But then I couldn't find the copyrights for it anymore. And so I don't know if they just lapsed and EA like didn't give a shit about Overblood because, you know, EA is not going to bring back Overblood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know if I don't know if anybody really cares because the game didn't sell like, you know, particularly well. <laughs> Only one group of people on the Internet care. There is one group of 3000 people that love Overblood and want to come back and nobody else wants it. <laughs> nobody else gives a shit about it. Yeah, I was <laughs> looking into it and I, I somebody is because I know somebody in the group um, I'm not going to name names because I don't know if EA still owns this. Somebody in the group was talking about remaking Overblood with as like an indie game. Oh, yeah. I actually know that person because I was going to work on it for them. And I actually created the song that they were going to use in the game. on oh, really? guitar. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, they <laughs> got. <laughs> yeah, they got to the level design. I think they finished like that opening room with the pods in it. And then they just stopped. And I was yeah. like, why are you stopping? But like to create a whole game today on your own. Yeah, that would that's it's almost impossible <laughs> for only like <laughs> 2000 people. So like it wouldn't even really sell. Yeah, yeah, like, you can't sell it anyway. Five of us. Well, that I, I, I did talk to that person. I recall talking to them at least a little bit about mm-hmm. uh, about the like copyright about it, because I was trying to figure out if they could sell it. And I came to the conclusion that I like I didn't know it was too much of a a gray area there's no there's the, the paper trail for overblood sadly ends at some point i've looked into it and i can't find it and 
it kind of dead ends and i don't know if there is a copyright out there for it anymore yeah i would definitely like to know that because i would like somebody to start making overlord again yeah i actually wish i had i used to have the screenshot of that first room they made with the pods and it actually looked really really good i think they used the unreal 3 engine for it or something I think so. I don't know if that person's still in the group or not. Um, I don't think they are. But yeah, it, yeah, it, it was looking pretty good. Like they I know they got like a character model for Raz, like somewhat of the way done. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm color me interested in this. I actually uh, <laughs> I, I still have the images on my computer. I probably should have given them to Mike for this. I made <laughs> I uh, I made a Peepo bot and a Raz Carsey in uh, Fallout 4. <laughs> I played Fallout 4 as Raz Carsey. <laughs> what the? <laughs> yeah, they added the automaton DLC, and so I made a uh, I made a Sentry Bot, and I I went into the the console commands, and I changed the scaling of the Sentry Bot so that it was only as high as my waist, <laughs> and I gave him a little Peepo head. That's awesome. Yeah, I should not I still, be surprised. I still have those photos on my computer. I should send those. To you. I should have sent those to you, like stupid marketing for it or something. Yeah. Well. And not to keep people in suspense, because we kind of trailed off there for a second, which actually we did get some good stuff in. But the game comes down to a shocking conclusion. Oh, I do want to do this part. Yeah. So, Mike, if you want to go ahead and explain. I was going to say this earlier, but then the rant started. So I just took I just took a seat back, you know, (laughs) is the rant. (laughs) Am I the rant? Yes, you are. the rant. (laughs) I'll take that. I mean, throughout this game, if you don't see the character's face that's been talking that's been talking in the other room and he keeps talking about Millie and it comes down to you get to a point that you find out that you are a clone. I think Millie's a clone. Yeah, Millie's a clone, too. Yes. (laughs) And the guy that's been talking to you this whole that's been talking to the computer the whole time that's been kind of trying to say Millie (laughs) is what you who are you who you are cloned from the original and. Yeah, he's the real Raskar, so you're just a clone. You find out, I think all the mutants are clones too, and part of the whole the mutant virus is because they're clones, and you're the only one that hasn't been affected completely yet, or you're the one that lasted the longest. Well, it kind of, it leaves it a little ambiguous that in the fact that the Raskarsi who is supposed to be the real Raskarsi, he might actually be a clone, and you might be the real Raskarsi. I was actually going to bring that up. I heard that yeah, that's a theory. That's a legit uh-huh. theory in the game. Or yeah. not in the game, of the game. Um, okay, I didn't catch that, but I, I guess I wasn't paying attention enough. Well, they don't explain it in the game. It's just like a theory that people have. I say as though, as though more than 3,000 people have talked about this game. No, only it's only like, 3,000. I mean, this is a game that I'm sure when I, I, well, we know when under the radar. I'm sure we know the person who came up with this theory, but we just don't know who it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a theory in the game because the clone says... Uh, the the real quote unquote the real Raskarsi the scientist Raskarsi says like no I was him he was me and like makes it, the, you could kind of interpret it as he's a clone and they put you in cryostasis and all of your clones have been doing these experiments trying to create the perfect super soldier right and Millie was like your wife previously who died in a skiing accident I think it was mm-hmm. um, that's in there. I don't remember where, but yeah, Millie died. I, I think it was in a skiing accident is how Millie died. I don't remember where that comes from because I don't. I certainly don't remember it in the game, but I that's in my memory for some reason. I'm not, I shouldn't be that surprised, but but yeah, she's a she's a clone as well. And yeah, it's it's very confusing. And it's like it kind of makes sense that she would fall in love with like the real Raz Carsey and not a clone Raz Carsey. 
<laughs> I really want to make that joke, uh, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. There's a joke right there. I'm not gonna do it. The real ass Carsey. Please stand Please up. Stand up. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was there. I was. Th- I thought about it too, but yeah, that's my rapper name. Don't real ask Carsey. <laughs> the real analyst, Steve. I mean, so I actually bad. enjoyed. I enjoyed the story of the game. Like, I was really surprised that I was actually like interested and kind of invested. I'm like, why do I give a shit? But I it, actually uh, cared. It, yeah. To <laughs> quote, uh, to quote, Game Informer's replay of it again. It goes places. It's. It, it certainly. It's certainly interesting enough to keep you invested. Like it doesn't solve it doesn't ha- like suffer from some um like Silent Hill stories where after a while you're like, Jesus Christ, there's so much going on. I just cannot be bothered to care about this anymore. Yeah. Or uh, it's it's so obvious. It's like, oh, I already yeah. know what's going on. Jesus. Yeah. The story in this is it's again, it's it's so it's such a simple concept that's executed so poorly. But I can see why people really enjoy the story of this because it's like it's a good. I mean, it's a good story. It could be. It could be a decent. Uh, I was gonna say it could be a decent sci-fi movie, and I was going to name a sci-fi movie, but there is a sci-fi movie with a similar plot line that I'm not gonna spoil because I don't want people getting mad at me. <laughs> there is a sci-fi okay. movie that has a similar, similar storyline with clones, um, and mutants and whatnot. Okay, Ooh, and similar payoffs. You should tell me later. I'm curious now, yeah. but after we're done recording. I'm All just right, gonna, I'm what gonna I do write it say... down in the chat so uh so you guys can see it. And I want to be able to can I join the chat? Uh you're in the chat. I have to accept okay. apparently I wasn't in the chat yet. Uh I have to accept the call that I've been in for an hour and a half. I'm gonna write down the name Skype. of this. I don't know if either of you have seen this movie, but uh All right, so this, this is has great a very radio story. Yeah, sorry. I'm gonna take over. So as you as you run into yourself. The what the clone or whoever the hell you run into yourself. God damn it. (laughs) That was great, actually. (laughs) And I I want to say, doesn't he inject him or he ends up mutating for some reason? And this was like one of the the only boss fight in this entire game, or the first part of the only boss fight in this entire game. And I I wasn't so sure about it. Like I ended up so I finally equipped my pistol for the first time in the game, and I finally just shot him a bunch of time, used up all my almost all my ammo, but I did finish him. But he, I mean, he fights like every other mutant. He just takes a lot more hits, which <laughs> means he we, jumps up and down. That's yeah, uh, we should we should really give a clear to def- definitive picture of this because it's fucking hilarious. It's a <laughs> it's you. Hello, me. It's me again. It's it's you turned into a wolf, a zombie wolf yeah. in baby blue trousers. Yes. <laughs> and literally the whole fight is him knocking you back and forth across the room while doing somersaults. Yeah, backflipping yep. towards you. <laughs> and yeah. oh my god. Oh my god, we didn't even mention we didn't even mention the fucking sound design of this game. You can which... do that. I got nothing about the sound design. Oh my god. This game has the best and worst sound design. We kind of mentioned like the the voice acting and the yelling how it's all really dumb, but like the zombies in this game, you only fight I think Four of them throughout the entire game, including the boss, really. Or no, you may fight four and the boss, but there's not that many. But all the zombies, when they they all jump into you and like scream, but when they scream, they make like a weird cat noise. That's so fucking good. It's like wow, yeah, wow. <laughs> that actually used to be my my text tone for a while. Was that wow, wow? And and it's and it's going over with uh, Raz Carsey punching them, going brap brap. And then like the, the punches have some like weird echo effect on them too. It's very strange. So they're like they they don't sound like punching. They sound like kind of like metal hitting 
like metal hitting wood, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it's got like a it's like it's imagine hitting a like a hollow metal pipe against like a, a tree. That's kind of the noise the punching makes. I don't know why it has that metallic sound to it. Maybe because the zombies have like metal skulls and you're made of wood. I don't know. <laughs> his, uh, his acting was a little wooden. My favorite part is at some point Millie gets kidnapped by a zombie. You get you get knocked onto the ground like a zombie sneaks up behind you. Like it, it's an intelligent zombie, which, by the way, does not show up again in the game. Um, that intelligent zombie just it attacks you and disappears from the game forever. It it punches you in the back. Of, no, it distracts you. The real quote unquote Raz Carsey punches you in the back of the head and knocks you out. And even though you're knocked out on the ground, you still have time to go. Millie! And then somebody screams. I think it's Millie is trying to say Raz, but it comes off as like. <laughs> while you're just face down unconscious on the ground. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I love the sound design in this game. It's so bad. And like some of it's so bad, some of it's so good. The door opening sound is my favorite door opening sound in any video game. That like, whoosh. yeah, it's like a Star Trek. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's like a Star Trek door noise. It's great, but it's like it's got more like weight to it. Yeah, but basically, uh, but, I mean, what we were. All... Yeah, go ahead, Mike. <laughs> like, keep going. You're good. As long as you're progressing the story, I'm happy. I was just going to say, but basically what happens is Raz and Millie jump in a fighter jet. I think it's a fighter. It's a jet of some kind. It's and a, it's a jet without wings. And evil Raz gets hit by the oh. afterburner uh, from the flame. Yeah. And they jettison out and survive because there's a timer going down. Oh, because my it's God. like Resident Evil and yeah. the and whole the place is going to explode. It's a three part. <laughs> fight slash puzzle with a 500 second time limit on it it's it doesn't yes, pause part. for conversations it's awful <laughs> it doesn't even show mention. you his health bar either like oh. you have no idea when that fight is gonna end no like uh. you gotta fight him twice because you beat him yeah and then when you go up you go up nowhere you fight him a second time i was like really game i was like really is this necessary it You're is awesome. the most drawn out fight ever it's mm. you fight him in the lab you kill him, you think. You have to go to the computer. This is also, like, amazing. You go to the computer, and you remember that you have, like, Peepo's and Mola chip, and you put the chip in the computer, and Zeus, who's, like, who's, like, this evil computer with this really intimidating voice, all of a sudden you hear this, like, happy beeping, this cheerful beeping noise. You're like, Peepo will save us? And it's like, yeah, you came back. Like, Peepo's here to save you. And it recognizes you as the real Raz Carsey because you're either a clone or you are the real Raz Carsey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And it opens the elevator. You get on the elevator. This is a scripted cutscene. The real or clone Raz Carsey. We'll just call him Dr. Carsey. Dr. Carsey attacks the elevator. You shoot him. He falls and you're like, oh, good. He's finally dead. Third part of this fight is again, you're fighting, you're controlling it. You have to beat him again next to the fucking jet. Fourth part of this fight is after you've seemingly beat him three times, he comes back and you have to trick him into running in front of the fucking jet's engine so that millie can burn him but somehow the jet doesn't take off without you oh you gotta trick him i, mean, I thought you just had to yeah. hit him times and it finally activates no 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 you have to like you have to like walk him to the and wow. as long as he's like I... vaguely on the back of the jet it activates but I... it's, it's a four-part fight two parts uh... of it are fight one part is a cutscene, and one part of it is a puzzle it's the most confusing th like i don't know why they did it that way <laughs> okay it's i a... punched him 
for like three. I punch him for minutes mm. while that timer is ticking down, just yeah. punching him right in front of the ship, not realizing I had to bring him to the back of the ship. And that timer, that fucking timer is going down mm. the entire time. You were on the elevator for like 40 to 50 seconds. Like you can sit there and count how long you're on this fucking elevator having this conversation. Just watching this timer tick down with like beads of sweater, like rolling down your fucking forehead. Just like, come on, come on. Why are we I, doing this? I'm kind of wondering now, was Resident Evil 3 already out? Because the nemesis in that game is like multiple fights as well at the end. So I'm kind of curious. <laughs> I don't know. Resident Evil 3 <laughs> came out. Oh, God, I'm only going to find Re Resident Evil 3 came out in 1999. Overblood actually did come out before this. Overblood came oh, yeah. out in 97. Or 90, oh, okay. 96. Overblood came out in 96. Oh my god. That's yeah. early. This, yeah. Actually, it came out um like like a couple months after Resident Evil. Resident Evil was March. Uh and Overblood was August. March, April, May, June, July. So like yeah, six months. Crazy. Yeah. Credit yeah. <laughs> to Akihiro Kino, because uh I I don't know if I, I would be interested to know if they kind of like were aware of Resident Evil and started working on this beforehand or if one man had to program this entire game in six months, less than six months. <laughs> because I would it, say Google, but I feel like that information is not going to be on the Internet. There is no information about the development yeah. of this game. Well, this is just I mean, the only like the only reason we're even talking about this game is, as we mentioned away you know, earlier, is because of overblow, like because of yeah. the group and Facebook and. Oh, this is one of those survival horror games that a lot of people don't know, and yeah. it's okay. It's a for, it's a completely forgettable Resident Evil clone that happens to have spawned a very tight knit uh, community and is the sole reason for this podcast existing. <laughs> if, <laughs> if if one man in 1996 hadn't hadn't burned through like four months programming this fucking game, this podcast would not happen. It's like yeah. the it's like it's like the butterfly landing on like the flower thing. <laughs> it's a very okay, strange then, butterfly effect. Doesn't the doesn't the place blow up as you're flying away too? Or as you're flying just away, you hear. Oh yeah, as Carsey goes, "Thank you, Peepo," and you hear, Doo -doo 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 -doo, and the whole place <laughs> blows up like like fucking white light dome. Like it's it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be all the emotional impact of like the uh, the fucking Star Destroyer blow or not the Star Destroyer, the Death Star blowing up. It's like after this long fight with a timer going down. So it's just like you're just confused. <laughs> you're just like, is that it? Is it over? And then oh. um, and then you see some concept art start showing up and the cutscenes start playing. You're like the cutscene, the credits start rolling. You're like, what the fuck just happened? Doesn't doesn't Millie turn to Raz at some point and say, so uh, how about doing a little overtime? Yeah, Doesn't yeah, she? yeah. Oh, God, they had that line. I don't remember that. I wasn't they, uh, they like to, <laughs> we talk about camera angles sometimes. The camera angles in this game really try to accentuate, like, how sexy Millie is. <laughs> She's not sexy at all, because this is no. PlayStation 1. They, uh, they try to have, like, multiple camera angles where, like, her butt is just the focus of the shot, or, like, it's like her boobs but it's a ps1 game made in 1996 so she literally looks like a <laughs> soccer mom in a purple tracksuit <laughs> like yeah, that is millie it's <laughs> everything is like sagging and everything is sagging wrong like it's sagging in a way that doesn't make sense <laughs> uh, you know who is does look sexy in ps1 graphics mike you might remember jill. the scroll from parasite eve yeah oh yeah. okay and it does too jill valentine does too mm -hmm. uh, but, valentine. Nah. 
<laughs> I don't know if I'd say they're sexy. They're <laughs> <laughs> they were they're to just, me in 1999. Jill Valentine is vague enough to recognize a female form, and I think that was to uh, that was to Jill Valentine's credit. You see every polygon on Raz and Millie, and uh, those polygons are are working as hard as they fucking can. <laughs> Raz Carson. <laughs> right, well, doesn't have ears. He just has like ear slots where like the hair stops to to give you the impression of ears, which looks you know fine for that era. But the thumbs, I, we we gotta talk about his hands. We gotta talk about the hands in this game. They, okay. The ones that look like uh, pork <laughs> ribs or something. Yeah, they, you see close ups of oh god, we yeah we actually have there's a two things we need to talk about. We need to talk about the hands and we need to talk about the fact that this game beat Mirror's Edge by about twenty fucking years. But oh, you mean like with the with the camera? Yeah. So the hand game, you are perpetually pointing. The first game I remember seeing individual fingers, I think, was like maybe GTA, like San Andreas. I think that might be the first game where I like really it really stood out to me that characters have individual fingers. This game forces you to imagine the characters have individual fingers because for whatever reason, Raz Carsley is constantly doing like the double finger guns. It's just, he's just <laughs> like his hands are stuck that way. And so he's always pointing and his thumb is sticking out, but his thumb is a separate model to his body. So like his thumb runs up his forearm in a very strange way. The character models just look awful. They try to mm-hmm. do a first person thing when you're putting in like a numpad and you see Raz Garcia's hand and yeah, it looks like a rack of ribs. It's uh it's not great. That's a yeah. downside to this game. The upside to this game is it has first person combat. Yes, like, I want to talk about that. So gotta like, talk about that. <laughs> okay, like in this game, you can switch around the cameras to a couple different camera angles, but you can play the entire game in first person. It's not very good, and it's hard to see in certain areas, but you can. I did a couple times just to help me. Um, stay stay straight on where I was headed because there's there's a part you gotta go to different rooms and everything was confusing, and yeah. but it's, it's it like, I actually didn't hate this game like I have hated I hate yeah. Fear Effect more than I hate this game. Wow, Fuck Fear Effect, fuck you, Fear Effect. <laughs> I I, uh, I agree with you on that. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I I I like Fear Effect, but I like it for the wrong reasons. So um. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I mean, Bill experienced Fear Effect the perfect way. He didn't play it. He just watched somebody else play it. So yeah, I think, he did uh, the right yeah. thing. I mean, <laughs> I was trying to look up uh, like other 3D shooters at this time. And as far as I could tell, like one of the earliest ones was uh, Descent, uh, which came out in 1995. So just a year before Overblood. So Overblood, you could play it entirely in first person and you could do the combat in first person. And like... The first person combat is actually really, really impressive. Like their ambition paid off. This game should I I, I would almost go as far as to say like this game should be recognized for that alone. Mm-hmm. When you're in the combat in first person, you actually like see yourself punching the zombies. And when you're running, your hands are actually like moving in the screen like you're actually running. They're they're swinging back and forth. It's it's really it's really insanely impressive that one guy did that in 1996. He, if this game came out a year earlier, it would have started that movement. That's just want to throw that out there. Yeah, <laughs> weird thing I, you're saying. I feel like the closest thing that comes to it is there's a Sega Saturn game. I think it's a horror game. It's called D or something, and it's a first person view as well. And you're running around hallways trying to avoid a monster or something, but it's nowhere near to the effect yeah. of this game. 
it's I mean, still like, I, it's impressive. I mean, it's like just the fact that they incorporated so much into this weird yeah. PlayStation One survival horror game that you know it's, it's strange. I mean, uh, like around this time we had like uh, Duke Nukem 3D and Quake, which were both like 3D shooters, but even they didn't have even they didn't handle first person like Overblood did. It's mm-hmm. it's it's hard to it's hard to talk about because it like I don't want to like completely I don't want to say too much about it like ruin what I'm saying. I don't want to like oversaturate <laughs> my compliment of it, but it is legitimately a very impressive accomplishment. Yeah. I, uh, Especially by one person, yeah. Yeah, that just, oh my god. For, for Akihiro Hino is a goddamn hero, and, uh, you know, he, <laughs> it, there's a reason that he's the president of a game company now. He deserves that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> as, as bad and weird and like off-putting this game is in a lot of ways so much of it is ambitious and like they accomplished he accomplished quite a bit it's it's insanely impressive what he's done just yeah. by himself and made for <laughs> a ps1 era game that's why like, i say like if i had played this when i was 10 I'd, I'd still be talking about it like it's the best game ever like i wonder if i'd have that nostalgia like I, if i played this when i was 10 why'd i be walking around to people going like uh yeah you know like quake was cool but overblood had a first person combat you could see your character so it's you know whatever <laughs> probably <laughs> it's uh it's it's insane not even and, resident evil had that <laughs> not even resident evil had that for resident for resident evil clone they did more ambitious things than they than any other resident evil clone really like tried to Mm-hmm. any Resident Evil clone that wasn't trying to be like its own game like not counting games that were trying to be something else like this game was like we're gonna do a Resident Evil clone but we're gonna god damn it we're gonna like try yep. gonna try to push the boundaries a little bit yeah. it's uh it's insanely impressive <laughs> it makes me funny it'd be funny if they came out today and they were like oh River Hillsoft is back and we're doing a new Overblood but we want to be as ambitious as Overblood was in 1996 never gonna happen <laughs> they would like have to get Kojima on board <laughs> We're changing the ways you think about games. <laughs> oh, do we have before we? You guys have any last minute things you want to say about this game before we move on to question, questions and memories? Uh, all I'm going to say is that if you like listening to us talk about this, just go check out Game Informer Super Replay. I mean, that's where we all found yeah. out about this game. So you're really just you're going to experience <laughs> it another way that way. Yeah. So just check it out. Even if you don't like us, go listen to it. They're funnier than we are. <laughs> Yeah. yeah and they know there's <laughs> unlike us they like really know what they're talking about <laughs> oh yeah oh i do have another thing to say yes <laughs> there's a little um section in this game where you have to push things and they're like it's almost like a dr layton Layton puzzle where like they fit a certain way when you move oh, them yeah, yeah. and if you go up to one of the racks there and you click on it. Raz Carsey's line says, "Wow, that's a big rack." Yeah. Oh, God, that's stupid. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> that's a big rack. <laughs> oh God. That's right next to the. Uh, that's right next to where you get the laser knife, and you can just like shock yourself. <laughs> it's so over the top. Yeah. <laughs> just, the game goes like, and you you do your death scream, where like for a brief second you think you're dying. Just you're like, brah. <laughs> all right i think we covered most things in this game so i'm going to cover, move on to questions and memories i only asked this question in one group and normally there's like three to five groups but because yeah. this is such a game that just well, i mean we only did this game as a tribute to our year anniversary otherwise this game would have never been on this podcast because this game is actually really really hard to talk about <laughs> but, it would be, um, you know it would be unfair if we 
if we did this podcast and we never m- once mentioned the game, that yeah. is the reason for this podcast. Yeah, and I figured your anniversary is a perfect time to do that and attribute yeah. to Overblood being part of our fan base. Not, I know mm. we have we have we have a decent amount of fans getting there. So especially yeah. from Public Command, got those Eastern <laughs> Europeans out there. We shout do. out to those Eastern Europeans who. <laughs> Take and the people in there. Australia who listen to us, there's there's a, there's few and they're growing. Each, every month it's growing. There are more people in Australia yeah. downloading us. Yeah, so. I can't can't thank our audience enough for listening to us for reasons that are beyond my understanding. Yep, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, first one from this one I can't answer, but you guys probably can. From Sebastian Games, did favorite memory of the super replay? I don't remember the super replay. Oh, uh yeah, I know exactly what mine is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know mine too. <laughs> How about what about you, Stu? My my favorite memory of it is um my favorite memory of it is actually a joke that Tim Turry says that goes that kind of flies under the radar. No one really acknowledges where you go up to the first code door and it says incorrect password, but they the audio skips and so it sounds like it goes incorrect password. And they're putting the password in and Tim Turry just goes, um, come on, erect password. And nobody acknowledges it, but it's my favorite thing. <laughs> it's my favorite thing Tim Turry has ever said. And I still, to this day, when I'm putting in a password, the back of my head, I think, come on, erect password. <laughs> okay, how about you, Stefan? Um, so before they did this, Game Informer did the Super Replay, they actually, this was like a roulette on one of their regular shows, oh, a yeah, replay. Yeah. So a replay is when they just kind of take a look at the game there's a main game, and then afterwards they'll do like maybe ten minutes of a roulette, like another game. It was on a uh, Revolution X, right? Yeah, Revolution X, and they they the first time they played it, like they could not figure out how to get out of the first room of this game, and they <laughs> died. <hard>. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one of the last things Tim Turry says, he's like, "I'm not done with you, Overblood. I'll be seeing you again." And yeah. sure enough, it became a super replay, but. My favorite part is just them not being able to get out of that room for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I like how they solve it. They solve it so, like they die in the fucking replay and then solve it so quickly when they start playing the game again. They probably looked <laughs> yeah. it up, I'm assuming. No, they just they oh. just figured it out. And then like they figured it out only for every subsequent puzzle to be as confusing and wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, only oh only to then again not be able to find the voice recorder and die yeah. an hour in and have to start over again yeah i would uh <laughs> i'd recommend to all of our fans to watch that super replay and like watch it and if you want to join the group because it's it's just kind of this fun little thing that we have that's uh that's really nice to have <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, my my facebook is my facebook is almost entirely over blood shit <laughs> And uh, I get to the point where if I'm scrolling on Facebook and I get past an overblood, like if I get past overblood and I start seeing like shit from high school people that I know, I just close Facebook. Like that's when I usually know, like, ah, I'm done with this today. <laughs> I'll scroll and I'll scroll until I'm out of overblood shit and then I'm done with Facebook. It's the only reason I'm still on it. <laughs> I'm glad that you guys are both on Facebook. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Another one from Emmanuel, a, a previous guest on the show. Uh, long live our Lord and Savior, people! It's an <laughs> ongoing joke with, with people in this group, and that's why. But here's a good one from Seth Cameron. He said, the game taught me that a vest can prevent you from freezing to death. Mm-hmm. The game brought us our Lord and Savior, people. The game has a big rack in it. Ray's, a.k.a. Wienerless Steve, has barbecue rib hands. Billy <laughs> was useless. Statues can float and fall down on people. Tim's moment with Alan Wrench. Oh the god! Game, yeah, the oh, yeah. game has one of the biggest twists in fiction. <laughs> Raz has one of has one of the biggest 
Grass has, if not the best death scream ever, Dan's death bed scenario where he goes, I love you and you and brah! The farts before and during the elevator ride. I know there's more, but I'll leave it at that for now. I barely know what he's talking about. That's, uh, I can't believe you haven't watched it yet. This is... Never banter. I'm gonna, well, you know, you don't have to, but I'm gonna tell all of our fans to watch it, because essentially that was nothing but, like, that was nothing but, like, ten inside jokes that if you, uh, if you just watch the Super Replay, you'll find hilarious. The I Alan Wrench one is amazing. Alan Wrench is <laughs> fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. There's an item you get game called Alan Wrench that is not an Alan Wrench, but so isn't yeah. that a guy? Can we edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't get that joke. All right, next one. And at from the Michael Hughes, uh, Ben Hansen would <laughs> edit all the uh, everything together into like a little fun musical montage. So, mm-hmm. okay. Um, Mike next question. Understand. <laughs> Oh, no, he doesn't. All right. This is from another, well, not question, but another comment from one of our a previous guests, Michael Hughes. Said, not a question, but people. Yeah, people. Uh, from Nikki uh, Scott, another previous guest said, so I love this game back when it came out. I rented it every weekend from the grocery store. Fast really? forward to 2012. I see a YouTube video from Game Informer and got so excited. I've been part of the GI community and Overblood group since. Nikki said that? Yeah. All right. I'm not judging you, Nikki, but I'm judging you. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, Jerry Klein said, when will you play Overblood 2 for the show? Maybe next year two. Next year, Probably. yeah. I, I'm already planning to play it next year. Oh, so. my God. That is such a long-ass game, and it's so weird. I don't even know how we're <laughs> going to be able to explain that game in two hours. You know what Uh, you know what? <laughs> I want to play for the podcast really, really badly? I just really want to play it is um, Raw Danger. <laughs> Oh man, I would love to play Raw Danger. I'll, I'll I'll agree with that. <laughs> Raw Danger might be my my Raw Danger might be one of my favorite games. It has so much fucking charm. It's just mm-hmm. unbelievably charming. It's it's oddly a humorous game too for a yeah. disaster story. It's it's got so much going. We got next year, Mike. Let's play Raw Danger. Please. We'll talk about that afterwards. I have, I have. We'll talk about that first. Okay, <laughs> I'm uh, telling you now, so that way it's in the episode, so you have to do it. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> so this one from Dominic Chikoki, also a previous guest. Damn, a lot of previous guests in here. Um, did anyone try playing the game in first person? I did it once as a challenge, and it's totally doable. It's just as janky as either way. I played a lot of it in first person. I played a lot of it in first person. I played uh, I played as much of it as I could in first person as Peepo, because when you play as Peepo in first person, the camera is actually lower because Peepo is shorter, which I is another thing that's like very small, but it feels very like forward thinking <laughs> i actually really <laughs> appreciate that i think it's funny yeah you get to see the world through people's eyes <laughs> two more i'm gonna read uh from this is a question from nick ludiman ludiman said favorite character in overblood mine uh, would people. be people obviously he's a legend a robot with a soul linear <laughs> Steve didn't deserve him it sounds like mike is saying people right <laughs> he might be i don't no, know it sounds like like you said he might be I know. About you might <laughs> <laughs> it really sounds like you're saying people. It's been a long day. <laughs> I like how you tried to play that off. So like you might be like, like I wasn't talking about you. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Whenever somebody says anything about me, it's just gonna act like somebody else. <laughs> What, All if, right. uh, what if Kipo yeah. had like vision like a Terminator, like Raz is talking to him and he's looking for the correct response. And he's like, <laughs> he touches on fuck you asshole, but it just does beeping. <laughs> like, uh, have you ever seen the video? So, I don't know who made this. I apologize. I think it was I, I think it was Arl Knotts. I'm not sure. They did a video of um 
R2D2 subtitle where everything R2D2 said was just like, fuck you, asshole. Like, I don't know. Oh, great. We're going to go flying to blow up a fucking Death Star. It's just like <laughs> Luke Skywalker's just, it changes everything Luke Skywalker says and it makes it sound really condescending by comparison. Archie's <laughs> like, great. We got to go fucking kill the Emperor. And, and Luke's like, yeah, Pete, like, yeah, R2, we got to go do this. Like, I'm always glad to have you with me, R2. And he's like, fucking stop talking to me. <laughs> it's that, that very funny. <laughs> All right, last comment I want to read. This one's a little long, but then we're we're done with this part. From Abby Morris. A few years back on my dad's old laptop, I came across a text document I created to save all the passwords for each episode. <laughs> it is strange to think this group was created because people started spoiling the passwords in the comments for the episodes. I joined very early in after it was first mentioned in an episode. I believe it was in early 2011. I was, in a, I was a very active member back in the GIO days, so I was stoked for another way to interact with the community community members gio brought me a sense of community and friendship during one of the loneliest times in my life and a facebook group brought an even more personal aspect to the community i didn't really start interacting with the group until 2014 but man it's been a crazy ride seeing this group grow into what it is i was actually just telling my husband about an hour ago that whatever saltiness happens from time to time this is really the closest knit community i've ever been a part of oh yeah also, okay. i really wonder what the original creators of the game would think of us yeah, so if, like we said, this happened 10 years ago. So I'm 32 right now. I was 22 years old when this all began. I was 16. <laughs> I was I was right there with Abby as well. Like, I did the same thing where I joined the group and I just kind of lurked for a while. I was like, I, I didn't, like I said, I was 16. I was a 16-year-old kid. I was like, oh, man, it's a lot. Like, back then I was like, oh, 150 people. That's so many people for a Facebook group. <laughs> Felt just like high school. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of people in that group that I, consider very very good friends now and uh, nobody who does this podcast but um <laughs> we, are we included in this as very uh, good I friends know. i hope uh, <laughs> no, i don't want to talk about it anymore oh uh, no <laughs> no yeah it's 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 an absurd group uh, right. it's absurd it like we i kind of we went into this episode and like we joked ahead of time that we were like how do we explain the overblood group to people who, who listen to the podcast <laughs> Because it, it is like a really good community to be a part of. And I've had like, there's a, a lot of opportunities have come out of me being in this group, which is very, I mean, just being on this fucking podcast for one, a lot of opportunities have come out from being in that group. Like, um, I don't know if Katie listens to us, but Katie, who actually uh, is engaged to somebody who used to live like right next to me that I didn't know, like we ended up talking, like, I think we, we randomly ended up talking one night because she was streaming and she was like, oh, like, does anyone want to hop on my stream in Overblood? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'd like to do it. And now we're really good friends. Um, a lot of people that I just really like talking to and like hanging, like, you know, I, I hung out with a couple people at 2DCon when I went, which for those who don't know, is a convention that Game Informer um, would go to every now and then in Minnesota. So we all got to kind of like meet each other. Just, just that's always like, that was always a fun thing every year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's funny is I went to 2DCon and I'm not Minnesota. going to that. Mike <laughs> lived a couple, like, you lived like, like 20 minutes away from it and didn't go. So I could have met Mike, but I didn't. I was going to go, but I had, I was, I had just started a third shift job at the time and I was working that night. And I remember the guys posting something about, Hey, we're going to be at this place and you know, you guys should come. And I, and I had thought about it, but I couldn't cause I had to work. And looking back, I kicked myself for not just getting off my ass and driving there. Yeah. But. I was actually supposed to be there too. And when <laughs> I apparently, when you buy an airplane ticket, they reserve the right to like give it to somebody else. Yeah, for yeah that's a thing. And an undisclosed reason. And they literally gave my seat away. And I was like, okay, well, now I'm not fucking going. And yeah. now uh, I have $450 in airfare that I don't need. 
yeah that's it's a really bad problem lately if for anyone who flies a lot um not to brag but i fly occasionally uh <laughs> and my, par- my parents <laughs> fly my parents fly all the time both for uh for both their jobs and like it's just it can be a nightmare like so many people will overbook flights and be like oh yep sorry there's no room on this flight yeah i know we sold you a ticket and the only reason you bought that ticket was to get on this airplane but you know we just we decided to sell like a hundred more tickets than there were seats on this fucking plane so go fuck yourself like that's it's a thing that happens and it's really really annoying it's just like it is it's airports playing the numbers and i understand the logic of it but more often than not it's fucking people up yeah Air, yeah. uh, airline companies are fucking assholes. I was yes. going to say a worse word, and I decided to censor myself, but it started with C, and you can figure out what it is. Beep. Which I will not say on this oh, podcast. Right. I think we should go to show for Bucks. Okay. Um, first, Stefan, how about you? Why do you always make me go first recently? <laughs> I don't know. It's really random. There is no, I just go, any, I just pick somebody. Any, 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 who goes? I think he just makes me go last because I end up talking the most. <laughs> <laughs> Stu's the most long-winded, not the shortest. <laughs> yeah, so I beat this game back in the day when Game Informer did the Super Replay. I was like, well, obviously I gotta play this piece of shit now. And <laughs> <laughs> like shitty games. Yeah, and well, here's the thing. I have many subtle levels of shittiness, so something can be really shitty and i'll be like, like well that but it was an okay it was an okay game yeah 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 i have no, weird taste <laughs> i know i think it's also a part of uh being a horror <laughs> fan you just you just love like shitty horror movies but um being a horror fan opens you up to just enjoy the worst things <laughs> yeah you're essentially just became a whore for yeah. horror horror um a horror horror <laughs> a horror horror but yeah, no, I I actually didn't fully go through the game again a second time this time. I played it a little bit just because I wanted to remind myself of the controls and everything. And, you know, the story kind of <laughs> just dying in that hole made me crack up for like 10 minutes. So as much as this game is like trying to be a horror game, I really don't feel it is in many ways. It's kind of a <laughs> it's like a it's like an over dramatized like. I don't know. It's it's like a comedy horror game. It's like Evil Dead to me. It's what it feels like. Was, but uh, yeah, I could I could see that comparison. Yeah, just just say, a little bit. Like, <laughs> soap yeah. opera thriller is the genre. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't know. I still appreciate it. I think I appreciate it more for the history I've had with it than the actual game itself. Mm-hmm. But I genuine genuinely did still have fun playing it again. So. I'm going to put it on my box or on my shelf. I'm putting it on my box. <laughs> I'm putting it in my box and I'm a fart. on it. No, it's uh, it's going on the shelf. <laughs> All right. And then we'll listen to Jesse's take that we recorded earlier. Insert Jesse's take here. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I just want you to leave that in. So that... <laughs> sure. Um, sure. So this one is uh, definitely box. It can burn in hell. I, <laughs> I hate this game. I as a as a Resident Evil fan, I'm sorry. I just I can't. This isn't even diet Resident Evil. This is generic sugar free. Uh, I mean, <laughs> God bless them. They they tried, and I got to give props, you know, for having you know like just one person doing this stuff. But uh, I think I just I'd rather I'd rather 
I'd rather play Resident Evil 6, and that's saying something. Wow. Hey, I like Resident <laughs> Evil 6. Wow. I do too. Oh, that's a whole other can of worms. We'll get to that later. But anyway, we'll put on the podcast yeah. one day. That's yeah, like uh, uh, that's like the equivalent uh, of do I put my hand in this blender or do I put it in this fryer? <laughs> all right, no, let me let me let me rephrase it this way. I'd rather watch all the Resident Evil movies in succession and oh, wow. pay attention to every single second of it. They're good movies. <laughs> oh, and no. one of them is a good movie. <laughs> one of them are a good movie. One of them is a good movie. Two are okay, and the rest are like the worst things ever made. I would rather be tasked with finding the continuity between all those movies than ever playing this again. <laughs> it's funny, those movies are like the exact opposite of this game, where those movies are just like, they're so dumb and nothing is connected and nothing makes sense. And you feel like the writers are just like throwing shit in half the time. They're just like, ah, fuck it, make zombies bigger. And this game is the yeah. exact opposite, where it's got all these weird interconnected lines that all make sense like with each other, but just the main character is so stupid that you as the like you as the player just can't like like you're unable to put the pieces together yourself because the main character just doesn't get them. So you can't sit down and be like, okay, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave on this. I think Miljovic would have made a great Raz Carsey. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we need the uh, we need the actor who played Wesker in those movies. Uh, whatever. Uh, they went through a few. There's two of them. I, I they I got don't a even second. One? Yeah, yeah. There was a skinnier one in the fourth one, and then they got a bulkier guy in the in the rest of them. Wow, I didn't know there was another one. <laughs> All right, and now we're back. And I think Stu, why don't you go next? Yeah, I um, it's a hard game to like separate from the emotional connection to it that I have. Um, it's yeah, it's it's uh, we've described I've described games in the past of having like a Stockholm syndrome effect, but this game doesn't quite hit that note. It's I love this game because of like, like I said, the opportunities and like the the friendships I've made because of it, the community I'm part of because of it. So it's hard for me to separate that from talking about the game itself. That being said, like I, I think even if I didn't have that community, I think I would still put this on my shelf. I don't know. Yeah, um, I've, I've had the same exact problem with this. Same it's, thing. It's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult to to separate those things in my head. Um, just you know, uh, just ignoring the fact that I do have this. We like we all have this like emotional connection to this game to this community. Just talking about like the game itself. I'll say it's very ambitious and it does a lot of things in a lot of very interesting ways. The fact that it was developed by one guy is very impressive. The just it's got that it's got that charm of a good bad movie. It's hard to define what that is and, and really like figure like you can't manufacture that charm. It mm. just exists in things. Uh like you you could never you could never make the room on purpose. It just the room exists and it's a thing that people love because it's it's bad, but because it, it hits those notes in a really good way uh, every so. time you say the room i keep thinking of that movie with uh kept marvel in it and i know it's not what you're talking about <laughs> yeah but oh room that movie yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's a good movie i'll say trolls too then it, it, it hits those same notes but it's got a little bit more going on it's it's like it's not quite like a good bad game it's just it's a game that kind of has it, it has a lot of like weirdness and kookiness and craziness to it and once you 
learn a little bit more about it, it starts to make sense and become more impressive. And I do legitimately love this game. I've got, uh, I haven't mentioned this yet, but I've got two uh, 3D printed Peepo robots on my desk that somebody <laughs> from Overblood made. Um, yes. I've, got a, I've got a white one and a red one because the security robots at the end oh. of the game are red. <laughs> the Imperial <laughs> Guard Peepos. The Imperial Guard Peepos, yeah. Um, okay, that was a good joke. And I, I think, uh, I think they, I don't want to, I don't want to say that they're not on the 3D printing site anymore, but I think I have the file for it. So I want to print out a green one for the security people that's in uh, Overblood 2. But yeah, I, I legitimately have a lot of this game. It's, it's got to go on my shelf. Um, cause I, like, thinking about it now, I don't know if there's any way to separate my emotional connection to the game and my, like, trying to be objective about it. So it's got to go on my shelf. It's, it's a very good game. Yeah. Okay. So it's not a very good game, but it's a very good game. We should also mention, well, I, I should mention for myself that also the, another reason why I'm putting it on my shelf. I mean, one guy programmed this whole game. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that that puts it up there just for that even maybe, yeah. you know, did, one guy did it in a couple months. I mean, yeah. And like, That's yeah, impressive. He looked, like he knows what he's doing. Look at it like he looked at his other titles. He, he, did, he did Dark Cloud. He did Nino Cooney. He did. Fucking Professor Layton and Yokai Watch, like he knows what he's doing, so it's it's very impressive that, that this exists. He also did the 3DO uh, Prince of Persia. Oh wow! Yeah, like the dude's got a legitimate, like legitimate portfolio behind him. He made all the Inazuma Eleven games. Like, it's impressive. There's there's a lot in this game that is very impressive. It doesn't seem that way at first at first look, but it there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Mike, try to follow okay. uh, follow up there. <laughs> Finish okay. this out, Mike. Um, I don't have as much to say about this game, but I I do want to <laughs> say like I was strangely having fun playing this game, and I I as many anyone listening to the show probably knows I don't like survival horror games. I don't like horror games. I don't like horror. Period. <laughs> and this game strangely grabbed me. And I mean, I I'm very connected to the group, but I'm not connected to the group replay because I've never even seen all of it. I've seen the beginning, and I just don't care. Unfortunately, <laughs> I like the guys a lot. I just I moved out. I, it doesn't interest me. And for some reason, I was actually having fun with this game because there's not a lot of combat. It's just puzzle solving. I had a, a nice walkthrough. It told me what to do. And I just kind of went through it. And it took me a few hours. And I actually had a good time. Like, this is going to go on the shelf. Like, this is a very strange little game. And, you know, there's there's no real reason to play it. Other, I mean, if you're not going to play without a guide, don't play it, in my opinion, because it's mm-hmm. very obtuse in the way that it explains puzzles and that the way the solution is given it is not going to tell you what to do in any shape or form and it doesn't make sense and you're finding items in places that there shouldn't be an item oh look at this box okay well this box is like every other box but this box has the item you're looking for it's a lot of that i i don't like that but i, I had fun like i i had a lot more fun than i expected it's going on the shelf like, i will never play this game again but i will talk about it to people yeah when i recommend like- it Probably not. When Mike, when you posted in the chat, you're like, I kind of strangely want to keep playing Overblood. I was like, what? He's coming around on this? Yeah, I was. <laughs> I actually got into the game more than I expected to. And I, I beat it on Tuesday or Wednesday. I beat it on Tuesday. This is Sunday that we're recording now. Or I beat it Monday. I don't remember. I beat it a while ago and I just blew through it real fast in my day off. Oh, my. <laughs> I like how Mike has a uh, accidentally like Mike recommended us this and Mike recommended us a uh, Parasite Eve. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Parasite like, Eve. So is it's like I don't like survival horror. Here's two survival horror games that you love now. 
Parasite, well, Parasite One was because I, I love Parasite One. I don't love this game. It just I didn't. I okay. This game, I thought this game would break me. Fear Effect broke me. I had nothing to say. I just hated it. I was upset. And this game was actually like I was like, oh, okay, this this isn't so bad. But, just yeah. so if you like survival you. horror, right? I'm just waiting for you to recommend oh. some like absurd like horror movie that Stephanie and I have never heard of that turns out to be yeah, our favorite not- movie or something like. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I want to watch, watch Thirst for the podcast, the South Korean movie. I'm like, what? <laughs> OK, you know what, too, to when we I, do, I might never. Sorry, I might never get a chance to say this again, so I might as well bring it up now. But Mike is saying how much he hated Fear Effect. And originally I had said, you know, why don't we play an X-Men game like on the Genesis or something? <laughs> and Mike was like, no, I, I like your pick of Fear Effect. Let's go with that one instead. And I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the only thing is, I didn't uh, know any better. After yeah. we uh, after we played Fear Effect, I just I kept thinking about it for like the rest of the week after we like usually usually I'm I'm good at after we talk about a game, I can like purge it from my system, like talking about it for an hour and a half to two hours. Like, I can be like, all right, I'm done. I'm done thinking about it. I can move on. I'm pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. Fear Effect stuck with me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's good. I don't know if it says it's good or bad, but it it certainly it certainly stayed on my mind. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting game. But as I've said, I like anime trash, hence why I'm playing Code Vein right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that wraps up our shelfer box. And God, I think I'll introduce what we're playing next week since it's my pick, okay. a game I'm actually really excited to play. So we are going to be talking about next week Castlevania. Area of Sorrow for Game Boy Advance. Because mm-hmm. I have ever I have played two of the three Game Boy Advance games, but I never played that one. And I'm very, very excited to finally play that one. Yep. This will be my uh, first uh Game Boy Advance Castlevania. I've beaten all the originals except for three. Uh don't be mad. This will be my first Castlevania. Oh wow. Yeah. At the end of the storyline. So for your yeah. first time. Never played this any is... of the castle. I've watched the series on on Netflix. So I know about it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a good. It it from what I've heard, it's a really good game. And I have played a little bit of Area Sorrow a couple of years ago. But I never got around to finishing it, so mm-hmm. I'm excited to finally make myself play it. Yep. So yeah. and before we get on the plugs, what's becoming a normal now in this show is the bullshit thing. I a couple things I want to say. Uh, first, I want to say, as you guys have heard, we mentioned multiple times in the show, this is our year anniversary. Two, we are officially over 12,100 downloads total all time so far for the year. So that, I mean, that was awesome that you guys are doing that. Yeah, thank you for that, seriously. (laughs) So, I mean, we have this podcast has grown way more than I ever thought it would when the first couple months ran, you know, as we started to get our feet and we're seeing where we're at, like, okay, you know, this is, but it's very hard to get going. So, I mean, as I tell everyone, please let other people know if you like it, spread the word because nothing, that's how people listen to podcasts other than Spotify. I think Mm. putting it in your playlist and that's why some of the episodes have tons of downloads. (laughs) It's been an an interesting process to be sure because suddenly I felt like I had to learn a whole new skill set. Yeah. Like not uh, as like there are things about doing like a podcast that I did not expect to be difficult that have turned out to be very difficult for me. It's like learning how to talk again. <laughs> like just, uh, there's a lot to like, there's a lot to be said for people who have been doing podcasts for a very long time, who are very good communicators, not just in the sense of being able to tell a story, but knowing when to stop talking 
and like let other people speak, which I still struggle with. But uh, we actually have a really good chemistry because I've, I've been on other shows. I was actually just on another podcast. Uh, Kendall, the Ken, Kendall's been on our show a couple mm-hmm. times. He did a we did me and him did a podcast episode last night, mm-hmm. kind of out of the blue of best games of decade, which is hard for me because I don't most of the games I play are <laughs> over ten years old. So. <laughs> We did that. That's not published yet as of the time of this record. As the time of this recording, it won't probably be published by the time of this. You're listening to this episode, but I once it is published, I'll post mm. on the Facebook group. So, so I, I look forward. I, uh, I not to toot our own horn, but I also I find it very impressive that all three of us are able to like do this with generally with a different guest every week. Like some guests return, a few guests have been on a couple of times, but like to have a different person on every week is. Uh, like it, it's it's certainly a learning experience because you kind of have to get used to like how different people talk constantly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's almost like we're uh, late night talk show hosts. We always have a new guest <laughs> on yeah. every night. <laughs> I have a new appreciation for yeah any interviewer who has to talk to different people and just getting a sense of everyone's like little intricacies because I suck at talking to people. I'm very bad at like any interaction. <laughs> Like usually if if I'm in a, if I'm in a room with like 20 people for an hour, I leave the room feeling exhausted, even if I don't do anything. Yeah. I also want to say, I want to say our shirts should be up soon as of this recording. Yeah. Getting them out soon. All right. So we will have a shirt shop and I will be advertising it. We'll mention on here. I'll be mentioning it in the the Facebook page. I'll be mentioning it in the Instagram page. So it it is coming. There will be shirts. And once they are shirts, I'll be wearing them everywhere I go. Because the shirt I made at the mall did not last very long. So (laughs) they never do. That's why I never make them at the mall. Yeah, it was a one time thing for going to convention. I do explain explain my mug to people. I'm <laughs> naked Mike on it. I was like, naked Mike. Yeah. What the fuck is this mug? And I was like, that's Mike. It's my podcast host. My favorite Metal Gear character, Naked Mike. <laughs> naked Mike. <laughs> okay. Um, funny. Well, it's it has been a year, and I just want to say thanks to my co-host Stu and Mike because, like, honestly, if it wasn't you two guys doing this with me, I don't think I would still be on this, honestly. <laughs> and uh, if DJ was still here. I don't think I would be needed either. So I'm kind of glad it's the three of us right now. Mm-hmm. It's been a very interesting experience for first year of podcasting. And I feel like my strength of talking, like Stu said, like learning how to talk again has grown. And you oh, definitely, yes. <laughs> you definitely are picking up a new skill when you get on the mic. It's just it's, like, whoa, it, this is weird. <laughs> it's helping me in life. <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> it's more effective. I would recommend everybody out there that has to take a public speaking class. Don't just start a podcast instead. Like it's <laughs> it's helping me become a better communicator in life. <laughs> Seriously. And what else was I going to say? I don't know. It's probably something sappy. <laughs> it's always like it's maybe appreciate having problems, too, in a weird way where mm-hmm. like there'll be something I want to fix. Like, I mean, we've mentioned it. I think we mentioned him, like with a, one of the like bonus episodes we did early on, just like explaining what we were doing where like I've started to appreciate like if something goes wrong, just learning how to fix it. <laughs> I really like <laughs> yeah, that. We, it's, like, we've gotten pretty good at that. Yeah. Ooh, I mean, there, right. there's been times where the audience doesn't know this where shit, shit has hit the fan like right before some episodes uh-huh. and we have to very quickly solve a problem. And getting better at doing that, like I feel like I'm prepared now. Like I'm gonna be in, like I'm gonna be at the office one day, and like they'll be like, "Oh, we fucked up. Like we gotta, we have to fix this problem by tonight." And I'm like, "I'm on it. I got it. I'm on top of things. I've dealt with this before." <laughs> oh yeah, we're getting better. So 
No, I just want to thank everyone for listening. That that's been tuning in for this for a year. Like it has been, it is watching my dream come to life. Like it is just so amazingly. And if you if you listen to this episode, this is your first episode. You're still here for some reason. You should definitely listen to our Republic Commando episode, which has over a thousand downloads at this yeah. moment. And that just that's unre- I don't understand why, but it, it is, I'm I'm okay with it. I've listened to that episode a couple times, <laughs> trying to figure out if we did anything different. And uh, we did. I don't. I don't. Yeah, it's just. It's something about that episode in particular. It's just blowing up. Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Oh, right? I think it's, <laughs> it's just about time funny, to wrap this up. What's funny is I thought it might be the Star Wars thing, but we've had other Star Wars episodes that like we haven't done as well. That's no. true. I'm like, I know Republic Commando is like a beloved game, but we've done a couple beloved games. It's I just like it's it. like the perfect maybe it's the perfect balance of everything. I don't know. All right, and before I forget, I want to give a shout-out to Bulby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney, who provided our awesome intro and outro. It's Cool Kid Squad from ZP Bite the Bullet, which you guys have heard this thing many times. Mm. Uh, so, uh, I also think it's just funny how it started off all... Guys, I want to get out of the way, because I still have a couple more things, but I just want to say, you know, like it started off four of us, and, you know, in the end, now it's still three of us, but it's a lot of it's a lot of work podcasting. It really is. Yeah. Mm. it's But it's a... I love it. <laughs> There are there are times where I know we're about to start and I'm just I'm not like dreading it or anything, but I'm like tired. I just got off of work or something and I'm just like, oh, man, you don't have to talk for two hours. And then and then once we get into it, like five minutes in, I'm usually like, oh, thank God we're doing this. Yeah, this is I so much same time. yeah. <laughs> where, like I will often uh, I will often like wait to take a shower until right before the podcast, like try to like wake myself up. But then as soon as we start talking, it's like, oh, I didn't even have to do that. <laughs> like, I, I don't no, need I, to do these things. <laughs> I've, I've been on other shows and there's something special about you guys, about both of you guys when we all sit down and talk. So I got to say that <laughs> it's fun. It, just, it, it flows really well. And I, I at first when we first started, I, I would listen to every episode as soon as Mike posted it um, just to like he listened to things that I could fix. Mm-hmm. Like, uh. Like I would sit down. Like I mean, you guys know. Like I would text you like right after I listened to the episode and be like, "All right, I think I can fix this audio issue. <laughs> I think I think I know how to do this." Yeah, but like I I have stopped listening to our episodes for that reason. I've started listening to them just because I enjoy listening to them, which is rare because <laughs> usually I hate listening to anything that I'm in. So, <laughs> it's been fun. All right, and I think that that's we're about two and a half. Why we're ending the podcast forever? No, I'm kidding. Yes, we're ending it for now. <laughs> Right, this is episode. We'll be back next week. So we look forward to you guys tuning in. And as I, I yeah. All right. Everyone have a wonderful <laughs> night. We will see you guys next week. I'm Pete done. Bones. I said enough. So before you stop recording, I'm just going to put this on record. Yokai Watch needs 40s to come to North America already. I'm Akira Hino. We've given you so much credit. Please just give us Yokai Watch 4 in return. <laughs> I've been waiting all year. It was supposed to come oh, out at the end of 2019. Man. Come on. You ready? We'll do a countdown and we got to all do it together and I'll end recording. What are we all going to do together? Are we going to yell? Yep. Okay. All right. right. Three, two, one. People. People.